Flyover Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From his undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. Confirmation hearing on the nomination of Mr. Judge Chairman Brett Kavanaugh. Mr. Chairman. To serve as Associate Justice. Mr. Chairman, I'd like Supreme to be recognized for a question States. before we proceed. Mr. Chairman, I'd like to be recognized to ask a question before we proceed. The committee received just last night, less than 15 hours ago, 42,000 pages of documents that we have not had an opportunity to review or read or analyze. You're out, you're out of order. I'll proceed. We cannot possibly move forward, Mr. Chairman. I extend this hearing, a very warm welcome to Judge Kavanaugh. We have not been Judge given Kavanaugh an opportunity to have a meaningful his wife, hearing Ashley. on the nominee. Their two daughters. Mr. Chairman, I agree with my colleague, Senator Harris. Mr. Chairman, these 42,000 documents that we haven't been able to review last night, and we believe this hearing should be postponed. I know this is an exciting day for all of you here. And you're rightly proud of the Mr. Chairman, if if we cannot be recognized, I move to adjourn. The American people. Mr. Chairman, I move to adjourn. Directly from Judge Kavanaugh. Chairman, I move to adjourn. Mr. Chairman, we have been denied. We have been denied real access to the documents we need to advise. Mr. Chairman, regular orders called for. Which turns this hearing into a charade and a mockery of our norms. Well, and Mr. Chairman, I therefore move to adjourn this hearing. Okay. Welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It is the 6th of September, year of our Lord, 2018. And yeah, yeah, we got Supreme Court nominee hearings. And you heard the strategy. Casey Hunt was the first one to release it the next day, breathlessly, mind you. There'd be a lot of breathless. I might do some acting today. Because i got to be quite honest, there's a lot of theatrics in this one. It is like a touring Shakespearean play with junior high students doing it. <clears throat> but she breathlessly, Democrats plotted coordinated protest strategy over the holiday weekend and all agreed to disrupt and protest hearings, sources tell me. And Frank Thorpe, Dem leader, and Chuck Schumer led a phone call and committee members are ex- executing now. Comfortably smug, 
Friendly reminder, dams can do nothing to stop Cam- Kavanaugh. Thank you, Harry Reid. Because <laughs> remember, under Obama, when they couldn't control shit, they decided to go nuclear, and now everything's just 51, bro, bro. 51 votes. The party with 51 runs the Senate. You did it. Not the Republicans. The Democrats did. Their little kabuki theater was so bad. Kavanaugh's daughters rushed out of chaotic, hot hearing. A Democratic senator fought to delay the hearing of Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh, and as spectators jarringly heckled the process Tuesday as two young daughters were rushed from the hearing room, according to source, the two, Margaret and Lisa, <coughs> were taken out with their mother. Ashley, as the hearing got hot, said one insider, it was very unpleasant for the young children. At the beginning of the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing for the Federal Appeals Court judge, Senator angrily, angrily battled over process, and at times hecklers of the audience shouted out, apparently scaring the young girls there to support a father. This is a mockery. This is a travesty of justice. Cancel Brett Kavanaugh. Adjourn the hearing. Margaret is 13. Elizabeth is 10. Actress Piper Parado. I was just arrested for civil disobedience in the Kavanaugh hearing. The actress, known for covert affairs and Coyote Ugly, wrote, Many citizens before me have fought for equal rights of women. I can't be silenced with someone as nominated Supreme Court who could take away equal white rights for everyone. Even though he won't, it's, you know, as we'll find, they are so over the top, they have videos with, he'll kill me. Yeah, we're going to play it. You vote for him, I will die. I mean, for God's sake. Michael Aaron sums it up. Interruptions so far. Blumenthal, Blumenthal 13. Booker, 10. Harris, 8. <clears throat> Carino, 6. Klobuchar, 3. Whitehouse, 2. Leahy, 1. Coons, 1. That's 44. But Guy Benson sums it up. For those that aren't attached, like my wife, I just read this treat to her. Tweet. Well, it is a treat, because it's a good tweet. It it sums it up. Blumenthal, we need more time to review documents in a deliberative and thoughtful manner. Blumenthal in July. Judge Kavanaugh, you don't belong in the building as a justice. You should not be serving in this building as a Supreme Court justice. I will vote no. Some quotes on Kavanaugh for judiciary dems currently insisting they need more time. I will be a no. It doesn't matter who Trump's putting forward. I will stop to fight this nomination. I will stop to fight this nomination. I will oppose this nomination. Booker at Kavanaugh hearing. We just need more time to carefully consider this nomination. What's the rush? You got mail. Inbox moments ago. Stop Kavanaugh fundraiser. New Jersey Democratic State Committee. Friends, we should all be concerned about what it would mean to our country if Kavanaugh is confirmed to Supreme Court. I will be questioning Kavanaugh at length this week. Judiciary Committee hearing. Judge Kavanaugh has a long record of handing down decisions that are detrimental to everyday Americans. His records show he passed the Trump administration litmus test of overturning Roe v. Wade. Guy Benson again. Feinstein asks whether Kavanaugh is within the American legal mainstream. He's been unanimously rated well-qualified by the left-leaning ABA and has served as hugely influential judge on hugely influential federal court for 12 years. Feinstein ta- talking about Trump scandals investigations as the backdrop for the healing, hearing. Bill Clinton and his administration were under federal investigation when both of his SCOTUS nominees were confirmed. And by the way, there was no protest. There was no people getting arrested. There were not breathless handmaids 
There wasn't a man in a condom, which we'll talk about. It's fucking horse shit. It is beyond. It's just beyond. It's not a decorum. I'm not being Chuck Todd here. Which, surprisingly, Chuck Todd's not being Chuck Todd with the decorum of Washington. We're just not following the decorum and proper procedures. That's what he said for fucking... The whole year Trump ran for office. That's all he bitched about. And now you got Dems out-borking the Bork. For those that don't remember. I mean, Bork. Sweet Lord. They borked him. Bork used to be the worst thing you could get done in a hearing. Now they've gone next level. This is just wow. Alyssa Milano, I'm not going to stop talking about this. I'm not going to stop asking you to participate because we need you to save America. I wish I were kidding. Please consider sending postcards or calling tomorrow with the phone number. But our first flash of sanity of, of what this is all about comes from that heinous individual that Alexia Ocasio-Cortez said, our future is shared responsibility. This woman putting it all on the line for healthcare, women, LGBT rights is Linda Sassar. The far right constantly marginize her with false attacks, threats, and violence. Yet there she is, as always, fighting for everyday flag represents. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. I don't know. Move on. I want to respect you. Or, I'm sorry, Move on. just retweeted her. And that was who Casio retweeted. And it's a picture of her. People's reply before I play the soundbite. I want to respect you, but I think you should look deeper into her record. She's an anti-Semite. Black female liberal. Going to dis- disagree with you here. Sassauer's open and unapologetic association with anti-Semites like Farrakhan as well as her advocacy for Sharia law make her a con and a fraud in the progressive movement. There's no place for bigotry. None. But it's about the midterms. That's all it's about. I'm not going to play it. All she said is, I don't care what you think. I don't care if they're not candidates that you like. I don't need you to like them. I need you to vote Democrat. Because that's what it's all about. Ian Milheiser, protesting Kavanaugh hearing yells, there are 2.8 million more of us than there are you. This is what happens when a majority of the country no longer has a resource to the ballot box. It's going to get uglier, he threatened. Going to get uglier. How much uglier can it get, Ian Milheiser? How? Jeremy, the product has a manual. Don't blame me when you didn't read the instruction. And that's the key thing right there. This is the same people that, you know, he's one of the same people that want to just get away with the... Uh, electoral process because we can't win. So, you know the media was just jerking off to this. Here's our first media bite, and then we have a post bite. It is, as I always say, not even partially journalism. It is straight-up activism. This morning, Democrats face an uphill battle blocking Judge Brett Kavanaugh's path to the Supreme Court, but they won't go down without a fight, blasting the White House for blocking access to 100,000 pages of documents from Kavanaugh's time as a close aide to President George W. Bush. And overnight, a document dump at the 11th hour. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer tweeting, the Senate was just given an additional 42,000 pages of Kavanaugh documents the night before his confirmation hearing. 
This underscores just how absurd this process is. It really raises the question, what is it that they're trying to hide here? Chief among Democrats' concerns right now is what role Kavanaugh might play if the Supreme Court hears cases involving investigations of President Trump, such as the Mueller probe. Kavanaugh spent four years working for independent counsel Kenneth Starr's probe of Bill Clinton. But he later wrote that presidents should not be distracted by the burdens of civil litigation or criminal investigation and possible prosecution while in office. He chose the candidate who he thought would best protect him from the Mueller investigation. And John, we just heard Terry say Republicans believe they have the votes, but that's a bit surprising given Kavanaugh's poll numbers. Yes, poll numbers are low. Uh, he, the public is evenly divided of whether or not the Senate should confirm him. We haven't seen numbers this low since Harriet Myers, whose, whose nomination was withdrawn, and Robert Bork, whose nomination was defeated. And Kate, as, as Terry was also saying, this will really cement, if Kavanaugh is confirmed, that conservative majority in the Supreme Court. Talk about the impact. That's right. So the stakes couldn't be higher, and I think the impact could be really dramatic. So we're talking about a conservative majority on issues like abortion, uh, but not just abortion, on environmental regulation, on workers' rights, on voting rights, on presidential power. Um, so the senators considering this nomination should vote as they see fit, uh, but they should do so with their eyes wide open to the likely impact on the law. We could see some real sparks at the hearings over this whole question of whether Judge Kavanaugh should recuse himself from questions related to President Trump. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's very unlikely that he'll commit to recusing himself, but I think it sort of taps into this larger question uh, that Terry was alluding to, his views on presidential power. So he has said things that suggest he has a broader conception of the power of the presidency, maybe than any sitting member of the Supreme Court. And this president is involved in a lot of high-stakes legal disputes right now. Any of them could be before the Supreme Court relatively quickly. So the senators are going to want to get a sense of his view. Well, it was a car wreck, and it is the Democrats uh, being very aggressive in trying to say that this is being railroaded. They know they don't have the votes, but they, especially with this election in play, want to show that they are being very aggressive, and they are far more aggressive than some of us thought they would be. So these, these are big concerns, and they are going to use this hearing. They don't think that they can stop it, but they're going to try to slow it down as much as they can. And I think that is what they have attempted to do. Well, it was a car wreck, and it is the Democrats uh, being very aggressive in trying to say that this is being railroaded. They know they don't have the votes, but they, especially with this election in play, want to show that they are being very aggressive, and they are far more aggressive than some of us thought they would be. So these, these are big concerns, and they are going to use this hearing. They don't think that they can stop it, but they're going to try to slow it down as much as they can. And I think that is what they have attempted to do. You know, everything for eight years the Democrats did, including the Affordable Care Act, was nobody gets to read it, we're just doing it. And, and I think, you know, why I love the part about the media that's just so fucking pathetic, they never put in what they do for, you know, Democrats, right? When the Democrats do something wrong, they go, well, back in 1904, Republicans did the same thing. They never say that now. And let's just be honest, Kagan and Sotomayor could be no more liberal. There's no way you could pick a more liberal either one of them. They were activists. They were known activists. I want to say Kagan was an LGBT lawyer. I mean, she was just down with the cause. So this guy is not that extreme. 
but you can't tell the media. Vox, which gets considered media by the media. Brett Kavanaugh is the most divisive, contentious Supreme Court nominee in a generation. There are very few. There are a few likely reasons for Kavanaugh's unpopularity. Most have little to do with the man himself. Let's be honest. How many typical American voters have delved into his record? Polling shows that nearly half America don't have strong feelings about him. But he was nominated by a historically unpopular president and his anticipated positions on major issues like abortions have energized the progressive grassroots to oppose him. And there's a growing public ap- appreciation that the Supreme Court is often as much a political entity as the presidency of the Congress. No, there's not. That's, that's a liberal thing. That's what the media has done. The media has done it. A CNN reporter, Maeve Reston, with that statement just now, I think some, Senator Camelia Harris takes the lead in contests for best... Kavanaugh TV moments, 2020 hopefuls. That's a reporter. Camelia Harris replies, shake those pom-poms, Miss Unbiased CNN journalist. She acts like a petulant child. Glad to see yet another unbiased reporter working for CNN that has Camelia Harris pom-poms in their hands. CNN is replaying Harris Blumenthal Booker remarks at the beginning of Kavanaugh's hearing instead of playing Mike Lee speaking live. That happens numerous times. Numerous. Numerous. And there was some good statements. There's a statement we're going to play from Sass. I had it, like, next, but I'm not going to because I want to play it for sanity. Because there was a whole hit piece ahead of time by Jennifer Rubin. Sass is now the subject of ridicule from D's and private eye rolling from right-leaning pundits for his penchants for grand empty pronouncements and complete deference to the White House. And she goes and bash this guy because she knows he's been saying what we'll hear him say. That I think should be required viewing. Not because he's a conservative. Because of what he said, it should be required viewing by all our students in high school. The Supreme Court's out of control now. It's not even what the framers thought. It is politics. The media even talks in that way. For every big case, well, they're conservative. They're liberal. They're supposed to be doing the law, you fuckheads. The law! But the most pathetic thing... Well, I can't say that. There's so much pathetic... <clears throat> was this Kabuki theater. And I I literally tweeted to Feinstein, who a lot of people, are, uh, if you're conservative, are going to cringe right now. I, you know, I've never really, other than guns, in the war on terror, I always looked at Feinstein like I looked at Mitch McConnell. Now, Liberals will freak, so I guess this whole statement's going to piss off everybody that I, that I might might listen to the show. Um, they are their party, but they're not extreme. You know, I mean, people will say, Mitch McConnell saying, well, now we're going to start trying to get him not reelected. That's an extreme statement. Well, if, if you've been watching for the last two years, I think the left has taken it to a new level. So I don't, I don't think that's an extreme statement anymore. That's just regular politics, which is what it's all about, just regular politics. And Feinstein is a regular politic person until now. Because she feels pressured by the far left, she's got a challenger out there that, you know, socialist, open borders, kill babies when they're in high school. I mean, it's... You know, extreme for all these liberals. They're getting tea partied. 
Uh, the next podcast, I, my plan is to do a segment of just me talking and trying to pull some evidence of this by pulling some articles. But we're going through the same thing that happened to the Republicans. We're getting tea partied, but it's socialist partied. Uh, every major damn, there's another one that was super left that just got beat by a crazy eye hang from the fucking trees left. And yes, she's an African-American, but I'm not saying she's a monkey. I'm just saying, we're left, folks. Uh, I think it was Maine or someplace. I just read an article about it. But it, it they're getting tea parties. So they're getting pressured by these crazy people that the far, 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 far left of their party are telling them, you know, and blah, blah, blah. Well, she's under that pressure. And she acted poorly. Instead of having decorum, and we'll play a Feinstein remark, you know, where she's saying, I'm I'm afraid people are going to get hurt because you believe in the Second Amendment, which is the craziest thing I've ever heard anybody say to a judge, because, yeah, it's the amendment. Right to bear arms. I mean, even liberals have voted for gun stuff because there's no way to get around it. So she invites Fred Gutenberg who is a every-town dad from Parkland. <clears throat> now, I want to frame this because there's video evidence, so all you liberals, fuck off. And that's all I have to say for you. Fuck off. If this ever happened to a Dem, if this ever happened to any Democrat, the media would be doing Zabruder films like Kennedy getting killed. I mean, there would be play-by-plays. It would be the 47% Mint Romney video. Every time you tune in, even to your local channel, they'd be showing the video to prove this was all bullshit. But, this motherfucker, as you'll see, gets airtime. It was all a plan by Feinstein and Schumer to bring this fuckhead to the hearing. Now, why this guy's at the hearing, why all these 60 moon bats, well, we we got some proof of some of why they're there, but why they were allowed in as the public people shows that we're not running a banana republic. Democrats do have power because they brought all these fuckheads in. And, And once again, Everybody got kicked out, 60 people, 61, 70 people, we'll read in a second, get a fucking arrested. It is deep crazy. His family's been removed. It's been interrupted 44 fucking times. Security is tight. And he just walks up to shake the hand of Kavanaugh. And it's supposed to be on the up and up. Yeah, it's not. So he automatically goes to the internet, just walked up to Judge Kavanaugh's morning session, ended, put out my hand, introduced myself as Jamie Guttenberg's dad. He pulled his hand back, turned his back to me, and walked away. I guess he did not want to deal with the reality of gun violence. On cue, because they all knew Shannon Watts, Brett Kavanaugh, potential Supreme Court justice, refused to shake the hand of Fred Gutenberg, whose daughter Jamie was murdered in Parkland. Remember the NRA spent $30 million elect Trump to would, in turn, appoint Kavanaugh. Tommy Christopher, the fuckhead we used to cover on the show a long time ago before I got permanently banned by fucking, uh, what's his fucking name? Uh, shit. Uh, I got permanently banned off Mediate. Dan Abrams permanently banned me from the site. 
He is the, about as liberal as you can get. Wow, here's Kavanaugh giving Frank Gutenberg a contemptuous look before turning his back. On cue, Camelia Harris. Will oil guns America. Wow. Frank Gutenberg can't believe Kavanaugh didn't want to sh- shake your hand if you called him a menace who doesn't care about 9-11. <clears throat> here's an article. Mr. Gutenberg has accused J- Judge Kavanaugh of not caring about victims of both gun violence and the 9-11 attacks. I wouldn't shake his hand if he said those things about me either. That's an actual article. Yeah. White House Principal Deputy Press Secretary Raj Shah has a different explanation. As Judge Kavanaugh left for his lunch break, an unidentified individual approached him before the judge was able to shake his hand. Security had intervened. Ryan Savandra, Frank Gutenberger lost his daughter in a tragic Parkland shooting, approached Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh and claimed that Kavanaugh refused to shake his hand. As you can see in the video clip, clip security intervened and pulled him away. He never even put his hand out. He was pulled away because just a random person approached, and now they're freaked out because there's been craziness in the place. Yeah. <clears throat> Just Brad. Uh, this is different than he pulled his hand back. That makes Fred a liar about the interaction. Frank Gutenberg attempted to shake Brett Kavanaugh's hand, and he was leaving. Seems like an ambush rooted in bad faith. Judging from the video, Kavanaugh looked like he was caught completely off guard by a stranger he didn't know. Eric Erickson, willing to bet this is deeply disingenuous. He explained the same thing. Andrew Pollock. Judge Kavanaugh was not responsible for the Parkland shooting that killed my daughter, Robert Runsi, FBI, and Sheriff Israel are. Judge Kavanaugh's a decent man and should be confirmed. Stop weaponizing Parkland to advance a dangerous political agenda. He lost a daughter, but he doesn't get on TV. Hmm. Somebody says, I bet he won't be on TV on CNN and MSNBC tonight because automatically, Frank Gutenberg, CNN tonight at 7.35, Lawrence O'Donnell at 10 p.m. People go, so this was just a publicity stunt? There it is. Mission accomplished, and Will tweets the reality. A three-tweet screed. These are the three tweets that he did, back to back to back. And it starts with this tweet. At 9 a.m. on the 3rd, I will be at Kavanaugh's hearing, and I hope to play a role in ensuring that this man does not become the next Supreme Court justice. That's what he said. Then he said he didn't shake my hand. Then he said I'm going to be on TV. So Will's tweet is so succinct. A crash course in how modern advocacy journalism works. Picture above. I'm going to be there. Lie he was snubbed. Going to CNN and MSNBC. At no time did the media say anything. Casey Hunt spills the beans that this was all a plan, but at no time they treat it as real. AG conservative, pathetic, and of course CNN and MSDNC are going to shamefully use this grieving dad to advance a smear agenda without any challenge. Tell me more about how the media's credibility problem is due solely to FNC. I tweeted this to Crystal as I tweeted this to fucking meet the press since I'm blocked by Chuck Todd. Every conservative in America is blocked by Chuck Todd. How is this advocacy... How is this not advocacy journalism? How is this even remotely a thing? This was a fucking Twitter moment. Which once again proves that's on the back end, tech hearings. I, it's all part of it. Knowing he's going to be confirmed. There's nothing they can do to stop it. They can filibuster. They can jerk off in the session. They can, do, they can fuck a panda. 
He, he's going to get confirmed. And he's not an extremist. And they're not going to overturn Roe v. Wade. Nobody's going to die. It's not like changing the court to white nationalist Supreme Court, as you're hearing. It's so over the top. But how was it played? Well, before we get to the Cuomo shit, here's Joe Scarborough, a supposed conservative, until he started putting his penis in Mika's Brzezinski. This is what he said. Well, so we're so we're talking about yesterday's hearing. I th- we get a little bit of a split here. Mika, who um, genuinely, you know, when we're in public, she doesn't like people looking at her. Doesn't like shaking people's hands. No eye contact. No, no eye that's contact. Not true. She it's has bounced. She snubs, she snubs me every time punch, I'm on the show. Well, that's different. People. You're reprehensible. So she's come down <laughs> on the side of uh, the judge. Um, no, but, I'm not. I'm saying we don't know. Oh, it was well, except show, very loud. So let's look at you this. You can though. show the video, I'm but gonna, you weren't there. And I do know I don't hear Brett, very well because wearing earpieces in this business for 20 years on one side of, of my head. Okay. And if people were screaming but, on one side and somebody else was trying to introduce to me on the other right, and can, coming at all me. All right. So, but Brett Kavanaugh, first of all, if you look at the video, yeah, he knows who he is. Does he? You have... Unless Rod Rosenstein has changed jobs and is now security, uh, the White House lied, <laughs> saying that uh, Rod Rosenstein was his security and Don began. That's a lie. And then, as you said, John Heilman, showing uh, the, the malice in, in, uh, in snubbing and being rude to the father of 14-year-old Jamie Guttenberg, who was shot in the back by an AR-15 while going to school, um, and uh, that girl would, would, of course, this year be getting ready to go off to college. Uh, what did they do he, he, after to prove that this wasn't just, oh, I don't know who he is, and I'm just a babe in the woods, even though he introduced himself to me? Fred Gutenberg was on television last night on this network and on CNN. Uh, in one of those interviews, maybe both, he recounted that after this incident, he went through in fairly careful detail about how he felt as though he had identified himself clearly before security had come, as you see here. Eventually, security gets into this picture, but that well before that, that he had identified himself. And then afterwards, they were about to go on recess. After the recess and the session reconvened, Guttenberg said that he was approached by a security detail who identified him by the wristbands that he wears on his right wrist to in memory of his daughter. Jamie. Yeah. They came up to him and gave him a hard time, uh, suggesting to him, and I can't remember exactly what he said, you'd have to listen to the video, but uh, to, the, to the audio from last night, suggesting to him that Kavanaugh felt in some way like he'd invaded Kavanaugh's space and that they were they came up and questioned him in what he regarded as kind of a hostile so haranguing way. The, he said afterwards, now, 20 minutes later. 20 minutes later to haranguing because he wouldn't shake the hand of a father who lost his 14-year-old daughter in a school shooting. I'll just say one thing about the politics of this. I mean, if you, the, the, we were looking at this video, and, and I, you know, this is one. There are a lot of, uh, of Democrats who are resigned to the notion that Kavanaugh is going to be on the Supreme Court. Just as a day yesterday, if you were on the look anti- at him glaring at him, if you were on the anti- look at him glaring at him, if you were on the anti-Kavanaugh team, yesterday was a good day. 
Not a day that's going to stop Brett Kavanaugh from being on the Supreme Court, but the fact that this picture and this debate and these images... Brett Kavanaugh, he owes him an apology. Well, and and forget about the politics of it, Willie. Let's talk about the humanity of it. He owes him an apology. Well, the follow-on interaction that John described should have been just the opposite, which is that once Kavanaugh, in fact, he didn't know who that was, once he realized who he was, you send somebody out and say, hey, Judge Kavanaugh would love to speak to you privately afterward. I'm sorry, he was confused, he felt rushed, there were protesters in the room all day. He didn't know exactly who you were and it was loud in the room. So to me, that first part, I can see, again, whatever you think about Judge Kavanaugh, you might not like the way he sees the world, but it's hard to believe that a, a man or a father of two girls, his heart could be so black that he would walk away from yeah. a man who just lost his daughter. But the follow-on to me is he'd love to speak to you privately or set up a time to meet with you. That's what, not that's harass what, the man in the room. That's what, that's what most people would do that had a, sure a shred that of humanity. Well, no, he sent, he sent security people out to harangue him. Well, I will say, and again, come back to the politics, I will say, Ron, Ron Klain, who, who tweeted last night, I've managed Supreme Court nominations before. If I were in charge of the Kavanaugh nomination, he'd be having breakfast this morning with Fred Goodall. Right. Yes, which, right. which would be the Which would be the right thing to do. That's now, right. we don't know. It's still 6.33 a.m. Yeah. Maybe they will be having breakfast. The, guy, the guy, it's one thing that the guy can't get Congress to do the right thing and even pass reasonable background checks. Here, he can't even get a judge to shake his hand. He's the one who had to go to his 14-year-old daughter's funeral and go to the gravesite and bury his 14-year-old daughter and go there instead of going to her school events this year in what, what, what should have been a joyous year. He has to go take flowers to her, her graveside and Brett Kavanaugh can't shake the guy's hand and then 20 minutes later he sends his security detail out to harass him yeah please please get on get on your blog this morning and defend that lack of humanity because you're pro-life please come at me attack me with your stupid words because you're pro-life why don't you just get sucked down into this drain of of this inhumane Trump world that we live in right now in politics. Why don't you defend Kavanaugh? Okay? Why don't you enable him to be hateful to other people? Or perhaps you could say, hey, you know what, Judge? We support you. You really screwed up yesterday. You owe Fred an apology. Wonder if you're that much of a human to do it. I doubt it because I've read your work before. We'll be right back. Yeah. Yeah, he's a bastard. He's a piece of shit. Here's Cuomo. That takes me to the Kavanaugh hearing today, a display, frankly, of everything I think that's going wrong in our political culture. Lots of time spent with lots of words and little accomplished other than grandstanding and disagreement that was often gratuitous. I hope it gets better tomorrow. But then this happened. I want you to watch something. The man on the left highlighted, tells Kavanaugh, my daughter was murdered at Parkland. Kavanaugh turns away. And then you see him get escorted out. The man is Fred Gutenberg. His 14-year-old was murdered in the Parkland school shooting. When he went to shake Kavanaugh's hand, this is what happened. And this is only what happened, okay? Why did the judge turn away? He'll say, the, the White House says, oh, well, security intervened. No, they didn't. You're seeing the pictures right now. First he turned away, then security came in. That's the damn truth, all right? The, the judge should be asked why. Well, Justice is supposed to be blind, but that means I'm biased, not ignoring what is right in front of your face. 
Why did you do that? I don't mean to indict him. He may have a good reason. He may have no reason. He may say, I don't even know what you're talking about. I, I didn't even know what was going on. I just wanted to get out of there. Maybe. But we need to hear it. Why? Because I hope that in Kavanaugh's mind, Gutenberg didn't represent a set of beliefs that he finds so threatening that he couldn't even make contact. That's why the judge should explain. And here's what he shouldn't say, what the White House put out. New video of hearing room clearly shows security intervened when Judge Kavanaugh was approached. Watch it again, please. Okay? No. No, Raj Shaw. You don't have to come on the show if you don't want to, but you can't get away with, are you going to believe your lion eyes BS? Okay? He wasn't pushed away by security. He made a decision. I'm not indicting the judge. I get that he's a carpool dad and people say he's a good man. I get it. But how we disagree matters. We cannot turn away from each other just because we don't like what the other is saying. The right to believe something includes the right to say it, be heard, and be judged by larger society. And yes, it does work both ways. It's not always equal, but it does work both ways. You can't silence opinions because you don't like them. Now, I understand it was a one-off. There is no repeating it because they know the American people saw through the bullshit. Twitter definitely saw through it and totally rolled out you know, anybody that wasn't a liberal rolled out the video and wow, it, it was a setup. The whole thing is a setup because all you have to do is put together the, the tweets. Feinstein, I invited him to sit in the audience today because the Supreme Court affects the lives of real people. He knows firsthand how Brett Kavanaugh's extreme views on guards could lead to more massacres. Thank you, Fred. Ken Gardner, the whole thing was a publicity set? Oh, Fusili Spock. So the stunt was orchestrated, likely all the rest of the antics, interruptions, and other tantrums provided today by Democrats. No one will speak out against this. Ah, so it was political grandstand to have this guy attempt a photo op that was preempted by security, all in the effort to embarrass our next Supreme Court justice. That makes perfect sense right from the bag of dim, dirty tricks. Silver Patriot gives us what the media won't talk about. 61, yes, 61 people were moved from the chamber for misconduct, along with Kavanaugh's kids under escort, and Kavanaugh was supposed to assume this total stranger approaching him wasn't a possible threat. You've lost your mind, Senator. And then the reality. Did you invite Kate Stingle's family? Drew Rosenberg, Dominic Durden, Chrystia Odin, Grand Ronenbeck, Sergeant Brandon Mendoza, Joshua Wilkerson, Jamie Shaw, Kyla Coves, Nisa Mickens. You invite their families? They were real people too. Weren't you Dems just screaming, don't make Molly Tibbetts death political? Was it the media? And on this alone, I dare anybody to tell me that CNN's a real news agency. Back in the day, they wouldn't cover this shit. It would have been just blah, 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 an incident happened. Uh, detract, uh, defenders of Kavanaugh say that he was pulled away by security. The video's inconclusive. Move on. They wouldn't have him on the fucking network. Andrew Pollack, Senator Feinstein, please stop weaponizing the death of my daughter to push your radical agenda, sincerely, Andrew Pollack, hashtag fix it. Fix it. But the scariest part, that's not even the craziest thing that happened. Dems were in such a rabid, shark-feeding crazy mode. Brian Seltzer, of all fucking people, I was shocked by this. Just shocked 
and other liberals. Chris Hayes had to deter this. Hopefully, Ruben Kidd, Amy Sinkind, and Eva, Eva Gollinger, all reporters, and the other resistance tweeters who spread this white power symbol nonsense will take a long, hard look at the mirror. This is awful. Amy Siskin seemed to be hanging on to the, her theory, challenging people to try to make the white power sign accidental. New agenda president Amy Sinkin is out there helping to lead the campaign to smear Zena Bash as a white supremacist because Amy Sinkin is a garbage person, this article says. What fresh hell is this? Kavanaugh's sister Zena Bash giving the white power sign right behind him during the hearing. This alone should disqualify Kathy Griffin. Maybe sit this one out since you dog black woman, which shows that even when you're the crazy resistance, you might not be resistance enough. That's why I put it in there. Amy Sinkin again. I'm sure out sure out media will avail themselves of this, but it makes sense for Zena Bash to be asked whether her hand gesture today. Try it for yourself. You watch the video, so she held it place for a long time. Even Gollinger, I have no intention of spreading falsities. Trump does every does enough every day. However, Zena Bash did sit behind Kavanaugh most of the day, making snide faces, smirking and ridiculing senators who opposed the hearing. Highly unprofessional and rude. And she came with Kavanaugh. Yes, and now she'll likely need security because of you, you jackass. You won't find uh, Z- Z- Eva Gollinger's tweet accusing Zena Bash of being a white supremacist. She deleted it. But she didn't apologize. The quack Eugene Jew... Former law clerk Zena Bash is flashing a white power sign behind him during the Senate confirmation hearing. They literally want to bring white supremacy to the Supreme Court. What a national outrage and a disgrace to the rule of law, but the GU played the race card, as is his real victim here, after getting called out by Glenn Greenwald and Brian Seltzer. Two white guys schooling an Asian dude, and he pulled the race card on him. Green, Glenn Greenwald, exactly. Here's a tactic. Eugene Jew grabbed from when Brian Seltzer and I and many others denounced the swing of Zena Bash as a Nazi. I'm always fascinated how in the I'm X and therefore my argument wins crowd, gay Jews are deemed to have no personal stake, which I didn't know Glenn Greenwald was gay. <clears throat> His reply, so you pull out the Jew card and the gay card. Don't preach against identity politics when you clearly do. Then he doubled down again. The ADL article that everyone quotes is over a year old. Language and symbols evolve very quickly in a year and eternity. While originally a 4chan hoax, the OK sign has swept social media as a white power symbol for all practical purposes. Journalists need to get up to speed. Chris Hayes, who did it, then got pressure so he removed it because he doesn't want to lose his viewers who are all these crazies oh snap now eddie murphy's doing it and one of the resistance aaron ruper is this screenshot of a hand gesture from a 30 year old movie meant to serve as an argument that a trump official didn't intend to be a racist dog whistle when she did it today because that doesn't follow that doesn't work chris Chris's reply, it was meant to somehow jokingly suggest that maybe she's throwing up a white power sign is not the most likely explanation. That tweet was overly glib on a serious topic, so I took it down. Yes, it's used as an alt-right symbol. No, I do not think there's any evidence that it was being flashed today in the hearing, and I think people should disseminate the, that claim or insinuate that claim. Sonny Bunch, Chris Hayes dunking on a dunk conspiracy theory, followed by Think Progress reporter getting all huffy about being dunked on it. My truck of duff just took it. To my veins. I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but there's think progress for you. Uh, James Sawiski, you think it's more likely that a woman, and here comes the facts, with a Mexican mother and a Jewish father 
threw up a white power sign that she was holding her hand the way that looked odd to you? The Think Progress editor? You're familiar with the fact that Stephen Miller is Jewish, right? Or that Milo regularly uses the fact he's married to a black man to deflect his bigotry? I don't know what Milo Yiannopoulos has to do with this. He's been out of the game for a while. Dan Bondingo, the suite is so incredibly stupid it's hard to define with the standard definitions of stupidity. We need new ways to define stupidity to describe this abomination of a tweet. Zena Bash is a granddaughter of a Polish Jew who just barely escaped the death camps. Every time I think we finally found the stupidest democratic socialist communist on the face of the planet, someone like her comes out from under a rock to prove there are still stupider ones out there. Nothing else that the liberals can do. They know they don't have anything against the man and they know that they're going to lose, but it don't want to look like agree with anything POTUS does. <clears throat> and then the humor comes out. Because this was just like the non-handshake. Twitter moment. Once again, Twitter going with anything the left does, but they're not biased. Okay. It looks like yoga to me. The Guyana Mundra. This is perhaps the most useful mundra in yoga. And it's also known as the Chin Mundra. Or she could be a gangster. Showing gangster signs. The B-I-A-O-B, Compton Crip, Mafia Crips, or the Piku is the okay sign. There's a thousand Obamas making the okay sign. There's a thousand motherfucking Beyonce's with double okay signs. There's people like me that tweeted, I thought that was just the circle game. I played that with blacks, Asians in the army. Louie in Georgia, he's dark black folks. He played the circle game. We weren't white supremacists. So U.S. Attorney John Bash is the wife of Zena Bash. The attacks today on my wife are repulsive. Everyone tweeting this vicious conspiracy theory should be ashamed of themselves. We weren't even familiar with the hateful symbol being attributed to her for a random way. She rested her hand during the long hearing. Zena is Mexican on her mother's side and Jewish on her father's side. She was born in Mexico. Her grandparents were Holocaust survivors. We, of course, have nothing to do with hate groups, which aim to terrorize and demean other people never have and never would. Some of the Twitter comments have been referred to our baby daughter. I know that there are good folks on both sides of the political divide. I hope that people will clearly condemn this idiotic and sickening accusation. What were the replies? Why does she work for this administration? What is her involvement with the immigration issue? Have you ever rested your hand randomly that way in your life, Adam? Has anyone ever loved you? What? Stand up for your wife by all means. But how is this any way, shape, or form official business of a U.S. attorney defending your wife? People finally start coming to his aid. Do you have a soul? Or has has your pompous idiocy sucked it from your body like salt sucks up leeches? Today I'm being told by dozens of insistent Twitter geniuses that a Mexican-American granddaughter of a Holocaust survivor was actually flashing Nazi white power symbols at the Kavanaugh confirmation hearing because of her arm posture. Our politics is stupid beyond repair. And it's so true. We're not even halfway done with the stupid. Eric Spencer just noticed the blue wave emoji that there's never a red wave, there's never a GOP wave, but Twitter makes a blue wave. It's an okay hand sign. Looks just like an okay hand sign. So I guess the blue wave 
They're uh, racist too. No bias at all in social media. None. Then there's this one. Ben Sass just told Brett Kavanaugh, I hope your daughters will get the day off from school. Weird. I hope his daughter get to go to school without being shot. Weird. I hope his daughter still get to have reproductive rights. Weird. I hope his daughter still get to grow up and marry whoever they want. Weird. I hope this daughter gets to grow up and have health care, Medicare, and Social Security. She's a journalist. Randy Merriam Singer. Mm-hmm. Carolyn Patrice, a journalist from Washington, D.C., who's beautiful, by the way. I posted in a, I've been married 32 years, I'm old and fat and ugly, this is not a come on, don't take it as a me too, you're a beautiful young lady, because she is. Sites of the Kavanaugh protest, a man wearing a condom, men for choice, and there's like a blue ball over his penis, I, I don't know what makes you go out and dress like that and then of course handmaids and to once again pound cnn because it's impossible not to pound cnn we're going to read this article and take a break because there's more bad coming it's not done there's more bad coming they they just lost their fucking minds cnn rolled out another handmaids article A silent protest with a very loud message. Stop Kavanaugh. I'm going to read this with violins in the background and do it breathlessly because it's time for some more kabuki theater. A silent protest with a very loud message. Stop Kavanaugh. A group of protesters bearing a message as stark as their red and white costumes are opposing Brett Kavanaugh. Supreme Court confirmation hearings. The bastard! They stood in silence today. The very first day of the hearing, lining the walkways and atrium of the Hart Senate office building, their austere silhouettes evoking the dystopian persecution portrayed in the novel-turned-Emmy award-winning Hulu drama, The Handmaid's Tale. The group restraint method was a sharp contrast to other scenes going on throughout the Senate side of the Capitol Hill. Police arrested 70 people by the end of the day for unlawful demonstration activities. Inside the hearing, protesters shouted out, and Democrats immediately demanded the hearing be stalled until thousands of documents from Kavanaugh's time as Bush-era White House lawyer are reviewed. Protesters disrupt the confirmation hearing for Supreme Court nominee Judge Brett Kavanaugh before the Senate Judiciary Committee in the Hart Senate Office Building on Capitol Hill, September 4th, 2018. A side note, the picture is of a woman with very long hair, very ugly, losing her fucking mind. 
I showed that picture to my spouse and I said, is there anything in your life that has ever got you this angry? And she goes, no, you pissed me off a lot. And I've never been that angry. Just a thought. The silent protest was organized by the liberal advocacy group Demand Justice, which has long opposed Donald Trump's picks to fill the vacancy left by Justice Anthony Kennedy. The protesters' costumes resemble the dress of the handmaid, who in television show are forced into sexual servitude, an totalitarian government that has taken over part of the United States. The reproductive rights are stripped away, completely away. Although he has vowed to uphold the Constitution and be impartial, many, including us at CNN, fear Kavanaugh in his lifelong position could tilt the American legal system to the right for an entire generation. If confirmed, Kavanaugh would replace Kennedy, who was frequently swing vote on the bench, often sided with liberal justices on issues like affirmative action, LGBT rights, and abortion. Senators are especially likely to grill Kavanaugh on his dissent from a ruling by the D.C. Circuit last October that an undocumented immigrant teen was entitled to seek an abortion. He wrote that the High Court has held that the government may further those interests so long as it does not impose an undue burden on a woman seeking an abortion. He said the majority opinion was based on a constitutional principle as novel as it is wrong. A new right for unlawful immigrant minor in the U.S. government detention to obtain immediate abortion demand. Protesters dressed in long red capes and white wings, headdresses that keep their eyes focused on the ground have become a more and more frequent appearance, not only in the United States, but across the globe as a symbol for women's rights. Protesters dressed like handmaids during Vice President Pence's visit to Philadelphia and Denver. In July, demonstrators in Portland wore the outfit during the Donald Trump visit. Women in both Ireland and Argentina have donned the capes and hats to promote abortion rights. The women behind the costumes in the hit show is Anne Crabtree. She also designs costumes for the television show Westworld, Masters of Sex, and Pan Am, sexist pieces of shit shows, and says the fact that women using her creation in protest is a huge honor. To know that women are able to express themselves wholly and separately and be inspired is absolutely bigger than me and bigger than any expectation I would have thought would come of this kind of career work. She says, Nowhere in this article does it talk about any other side. It's just, we love the handmaids so much, and we're part of the resistance. Thus, at night, I, Chris Cuomo, Chris Saliza, and Don Lemon, Wear the handmade tail to bed. Yes, I do. We are garbage in 2018. And by the way, that's an actual kabuki theater. That's not me mocking Japanese culture. That's actually what they say and do. And that was our intro with some sad music. And they're all garbage. All of you are garbage, and I fucking hate you. Let's take an ambience break. On the other side, we'll come into um, Andrew Clavin, who kind of sums it up. The left 
has never been civil. They don't have to follow those rules because the press will back up their double standard. The press will back up their double, double standard. But just remember, just remember, it is not the, the arguments are not the same. We are arguing for a constitutional justice. They are arguing for a left-wing justice. We're not arguing for a right-wing press. We're arguing for a fair press. They're arguing for a left-wing press. Very different arguments. These are very different uh, points of view. And it's important when you sit there and you listen to the garbage they spewed over the body of John McCain, the body of a patriot, the garbage they spewed about civility and how wonderful we were all united. We were not united. It was them attacking us and us not really fighting back in the same standard. They, let, let's take a look. You know, Joe Biden, who you may remember, uh, was once vice president, came, comes out of the funeral and they ask him, what's at stake in the midterms? And here's his response. Okay. 
Okay, talking to one another like we're civilized, dealing with one another with respect. Now, let's have an example of that respect as we look at Joe Biden campaigning against Mitt Romney, okay, the most decent man who ever ran for president. Mitt Romney, maybe not the best man who ever ran for president, but certainly the most decent man who ever ran for president, speaking at an Obama rally where there are a lot of African Americans, where there are a lot of black Americans there. This is uh, Biden talking to that meeting. Look at what they value and look at their budget and what they're proposing. Romney wants to let the, he said in the first hundred days, he's going to let the big banks once again write their own rules. Unchain Wall Street. They're going to put you all back in chains. Ah, I miss those days of civility and respect. Those days of civility and respect were days where the Democrats got away with that garbage. But anything, you remember what happened when just the other day, uh, the guy, the gubernatorial guy DeSantis in, in Florida used the term monkey about socialism, saying we don't want to monkey around with our economy and socialism. And because his opponent is black, suddenly as one, the press leapt up and said, oh, my goodness, this is racism, racism, racism. That's their civility. That is their civility. So if we're talking about civility in the same sense as I want a, a constitutional justice, I want civility for both sides. We haven't had it. Trump is a result to that. Trump is a reaction to that kind of talk that you just heard from Joe Biden. Trump didn't start this fight. Trump did not start this fight. Trump, I have, you have heard me again and again say, I don't like Trump's manners. I don't like how rude he is, but he didn't start it. He is an answer to 50 years of this stuff coming from a united left-wing press and a united uh, Democrat party that felt that they could call us pigs, that they could call us racist, sexist, Islamophobes, when we were expressing our opinions, and they're doing it still, and they haven't started. And this is true of the press as well. You know, Chuck Todd, uh, Chuck Todd has become an unbelievable figure. I mean, this is a guy, Chuck Todd worked for the presidential campaign of Senator Tom Harkin. How many people worked for the presidential campaign of, like, you know, George W. Bush are working with Chuck Todd at NBC News, right? And he wrote a piece today saying it's time for us journalists to fight back against these Roger Ailes, Fox News inspired attacks of bias. I mean, this is this is as if Sean Hannity got up and said, how could you call me biased? But Sean Hannity would never do that because he's an honest man. Sean Hannity says, I'm a right wing guy, a conservative guy fighting for conservative values. Chuck Todd says he's an honest journalist. Those are not the same things. Chuck Todd is not telling the truth. Sean Hannity is. He's spot on. There's such a difference. I mean, <clears throat> I've talked about it on the show. Chuck Hannity, uh, the Fox, all right? I, I'm not a lover of Fox. I don't watch Fox. But the fact of the matter is, in the evening, they make no pretensions that they're conservative analysts. On CNN, they all intermingle. You know, MSNBC, they intermingle. Chuck Todd's the chief political dude for fucking NBC, yet he's a fucking activist. So is Jim Acosta. Activist. Chris Cuomo's dad is a Democrat, a major player. How can you have a show if your dad was that? I don't know, but... It, they to, to pound the point... This is an actual article. This is Zeke Miller, and he put it out, and it's all over the media, and there's no even questioning it. This is how bad our media is in 2018. Michelle Obama is headlining voter registration rally in Las Vegas and Miami later this month on behalf of a nonpartisan voting organization she co-chairs. 
Do you think Barbara Bush could do that? Anybody? How about Nancy Reagan? Could she have done a nonpartisan thing and the media would call it nonpartisan? She's Michelle fucking Obama. She said the only time she's ever been proud of her country is when they elected her husband. If that's not bias, I don't know what the fuck is. But as I said, unfortunately, we're just tipping the iceberg. Here comes just, this is just fucking unbelievable that this is, this is real. I'm not, I made a little joking violin reading of CNN. This is real. If the Supreme Court were to adopt your reasoning, I fear the number of victims would continue and citizens would be rendered powerless in enacting sensible guns. Assalamu alaikum, Cincinnati. You are in a very important state. Um, Ohio is a state. We need you to vote. I don't care if you think. I don't care if they're there are not candidates that like. I don't need you to like them. I need you to vote Democrat in Ohio in November 6th. Susan Collins, let's have a chat. Senator, I have called you, I have emailed, I have written letters. Day after day, week after week. It has been pretty demoralizing to know that your elected representative is ignoring you. So we're trying something new and hope that this will get your attention. Senator Collins, if you vote for Brett Kavanaugh, we're going to fund your future opponent. A vote for Kavanaugh is almost certainly a vote to reverse Roe versus Wade. As a Mainer who has a pre-existing condition, if you vote yes on Kavanaugh, you're voting to kill me. If he was confirmed in the Supreme Court, he could instantly take away rights for people like me as a non-binary person or people of nearly any marginalized identity. If you vote to confirm Kavanaugh, we're not gonna stop fighting until you're defeated. Mainers need you to stand up and be a hero. Be a hero. Be a hero. Be a hero and vote no. And if you don't, we will replace you. I kind of jacked that intro. I forgot. I put Feinstein and I put Sasar in it. But if you're voting for Kavanaugh, you're voting to kill me. Voting to kill me. It's got a certain low-budget charm, but still sounds suitably threatening. And, of course, it touches on every single resistance talking point we've heard since the second Kavanaugh was nominated for it. The actual pictures, Genevieve, if you vote yes on Kavanaugh, you're going to kill me. A girl that dresses like a boy, he could instantly take away rights from people like me, non-binary. Be a hero and vote no, another lesbian woman. Ben McDonald, he could instantly take away rights from people like me as a non-binary person instantly? How? And better yet, why? We have questions. Angus Kirk, how how is voting for Canada actually killing somebody? Lorianne, I'm surprised she's not already dead from net neutrality, GOP tax cuts. She should be thankful, and I probably won't be invited to that funeral either. And my favorite, <clears throat> favorite, Oregon Trail for the geeks out there. I never actually played it, but all my friends did. It's got the Oregon Trail little covered wagon. You have died of Kavanaugh instead of fucking some disease. Ah, 
Zoe wrote, there's tapping into the strategic hysteria reserve for this one. This is the same type of dangerous rhetoric as Trump calling the media the enemy of the people. You would think that every person in Maine is non-binary, angry woman. I happen to know that there are some fairly normal people living there, too. She should stop representing them and just represent the alphabet people, which is true. But the worst part about all of this None of it's called out. If, if the right did any of this, and I, and I have proof of this, <clears throat> on our back end, in the tech hearings, the instant somebody acted up, they got booted. It was mainlined. It was everywhere. But none of this. It's reported, as you're about to hear, as this is not what a democracy looks like. This is not what democracy looks like. Instead of saying, this is what democracy looks like at the protest. Here's the press. They're part of the protest. That's why elections do have consequences. When people say to me, why do the Republicans embrace the president when he doesn't seem to be traditionally Republican or conservatives? Why do they embrace him when they're supposed to be character people, the evangelicals? Why do they? Judges. Yeah. Judges. The answer is one word. We are not united by many things in this country culturally. Right. We all come from different places. Even English is a borrowed language for just about all of us. But law is our religion. That is the set of rules that we go by that create our culture. Judges, you stack the courts across this country with white, male, young judges, and you will have a generation of a certain kind of jurisprudence. I'm not judging it. But that's why as soon as Kavanaugh, if he makes it through and he is confirmed, Donald Trump's uh, presidency goes in the history books as being impactful because he will have changed that court. Sure, in a conservative success story. And, you know, he is you can say, well, you know, he doesn't even know these guys. You know, he's just been given a list. Yeah, that's what they wanted him to do. Yeah. Chaos on Capitol Hill. Justice hearing down now. A combative start for Brett Kavanaugh's Supreme Court confirmation hearings. A new round of fireworks expected today. Democrats zeroing in on everything from guns to abortion. Expect every seat in here to be packed again today because day two might end up even more dramatic than day one. New protests outside the Supreme Court. Oh, get out there! Stop Kavanaugh! After a day of them inside the Capitol. Chaos on Capitol Hill at the confirmation hearing for Judge Brett Kavanaugh gets underway. Protesters interrupted. Kavanaugh's children removed from the room. Now, the judge heading back to the hot seat. The judge back in the hot seat this morning after a raucous first day of confirmation hearings. Protesters disrupting the proceedings, some dressed in costumes from The Handmaid's Tale. The hearing rocked by carefully choreographed interruptions. It all shows just how passionate Democrats are to block his nomination and how powerless they feel they are to accomplish that. Democrats vowed to keep up the pressure today when Judge Brett Kavanaugh faces his first round of questions. The interruptions were part of a coordinated strategy by Democrats who urged Grassley to postpone Kavanaugh's confirmation. Joined by vocal public protests, Democrats pressed for the release of all documents from Kavanaugh's time in the George W. Bush White House. Seventy protesters were arrested yesterday, and those disruptions will probably continue today as Judge Kavanaugh goes in this hot seat to face questions directly from the senators. Before Judge Brett Kavanaugh's hearing even began, Democrats tried to end it. The nomination of Mr. Judge Chairman. 
Brett Kavanaugh. Mr. Chairman. One by one, raising objections. We believe this hearing should I know be postponed. This is an Talking day. over the Republican chairman, Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa. Well, and Mr. Chairman, I therefore move to adjourn this hearing. Okay. It was all carefully choreographed, and it wasn't long before protesters chimed in, too. All the while, the nominee sitting stone-faced, although as the room grew ever more raucous, his young daughters were removed. Apparently, it wasn't a scene fit for kids. Republicans fired back at their colleagues. This is the first confirmation hearing for a Supreme Court justice I've seen, basically, according to mob rule. Struggling to defend their nominee through the clamor. I know you deserve this position. I'm proud of the president for nominating you. And frankly, I wish you the best because we're going to confirm you. With so much at stake, Democrats are making clear they will ask tough questions on the issue of presidential power and the president who nominated Kavanaugh. This is a president who's shown us consistently that he is contemptuous of the rule of law. A real concern, Kavanaugh, as Trump's nominee, who's written that sitting presidents shouldn't be investigated, could protect the president if a challenge to the Mueller probe hits the high court. And looming over everything else here, the fact that Kavanaugh's likely confirmation would cement a conservative five-to-four majority on the court for generations, and for the first time in decades, put decisions like Roe versus Wade back up for debate. You're watching CNN. I'm Brooke Baldwin. Uh, you have been listening to the contentious confirmation hearing of Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, he is just half of a massive news day. Uh, also happening, explosive new details about the president and his White House in a new book uh, by Bob Woodward. We have the scoop on that. We'll get to that in just a moment. But first, let's just talk about what we've just been listening to for uh, the last little bit. I mean, had the pleasure of sitting next to John Dean, listening to your sort of running commentary through some of that, even just jogging back to Senator Blumenthal and then the chairman of the committee, Chuck Grassley, back and forth, because he obviously made a motion to adjourn, as had several other senators. What do you make of this? It's a little bit of pandemonium, yeah. but there's also clearly an effort to get to the core problem the Democrats face is the lack of documentation and a thorough vetting of this candidate. And I think they're right to push for this. Uh, they are. This is being jammed through, trying to get it through before the election because no one can be sure what's going to happen in November. Uh, they think they have the votes now. They're not so sure they'll have them after November. So they're pushing. They had been hoping to have, what was it, some 100,000 documents had been, I know they wanted many more than that, uh, and then some 42,000 had just been delivered to them from his uh, time at the Bush 43 White House, and they obviously didn't have enough time at all to review them. I know you're testifying as a witness Friday. 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 Maybe. <laughs> Depending on how this goes. Exactly. And the TikTok of the whole thing. Despite the occasional outbursts, this hearing finally got down to issues. And the dominant issue today, the shadow looming over Kavanaugh for many Democrats, whether President Trump picked him so he would rule in the president's favor in any cases stemming from special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation. Kavanaugh offered a personal declaration of independence. No one is above the law in our constitutional system. Democrats weren't satisfied, and they drilled down. What if the president himself is subpoenaed to testify? Kavanaugh ducked. Can a sitting president be required to respond to a subpoena? I can't give you an answer on that hypothetical question. Other Democrats kept pressing the nominee. President Trump claims he has an absolute right to pardon himself, does he? That's a hypothetical question that I can't 
begin to answer in this context as a sitting judge and as a nominee to the Supreme Court. Another issue, guns and Kavanaugh's strong pro-Second Amendment views. Senator Dianne Feinstein asking about Kavanaugh's ruling striking down Washington, D.C.'s assault weapons ban. Again, the nominee ducked. How do you reconcile what you've just said with the hundreds of school shootings using assault weapons that have taken place? in recent history. Handguns and semi-automatic rifles are weapons used for hunting and uh, self-defense, but as you say, Senator, you rightly say, they're used in a lot of violent crime and cause a lot of deaths. That's what makes this issue difficult. On abortion, another evasion when he was asked whether Roe v. Wade could be overruled if he is... I mean, the media is so invested in abortion and taking away everybody's guns. I guess I shouldn't be surprised when they totally go in against something but i think the thing that frustrates me is whenever a democrat nominates a supreme court justice the background they put out about the person any reaction to it is like well the majority of people we actually our next article for day two is is how they try to portray polling and the reality is if you really ask normal people they don't know shit about kavanaugh they don't know he worked for bush that's all they know so if you're a lefty, well, Bush is the devil. We learned that last podcast. Even though he gives candy to Michelle Obama, he's a fucking Satan. He stole an election and killed a million, a trillion Iraqis. You know, God knows what the number is now. <clears throat> but they, they don't know anything about him. But they try to portray him as against what America is on two issues. Abortion, guns. Yet all the public polling shows... Abortion, guns, is not what they think, ever. Nobody wants unfettered abortion. 76% of America believes there should be restrictions. Yes, the majority of Americans believe that we shouldn't ban abortion. But nobody's going to ban abortion. It's impossible. Supreme Court doesn't go back on the Supreme Court. They never put that out there, but it's a true statement. They put it out there when it's Affordable Care Act. They put it out there for LGBT rights. Until this moment. Then they say, oh, they could overturn everything. No, they can't. Supreme Court doesn't hear cases that they've already fucking ruled on. It's a rule. It's part of being part of the club. I I got Grasley and Cruz, but this is the soundbite I want to once again... And then we just got a short segment on day two, and then we move off this subject. This should be required listening for everybody. Nothing this man says isn't true. And if you search your heart, if you're a liberal, if you're part of the resistance, or you're a middle left, if you're middle right, or part of the Republicans, or part of MAGA, this is a truth serum for America. And I wish this guy, I don't know anything else about his views, but I wish Ben Sass was my fucking representative. It's pretty obvious to most people going about their work today um, that the deranged comments actually don't have anything to do with you. So we should figure out why do we talk like this about Supreme Court nominations now? There's a bunch that's atypical in the last 19, 20 months in America. Senator Klobuchar's right. The comments from the White House yesterday about trying to politicize the Department of Justice, they were wrong and they should be condemned. And my guess is Brett Kavanaugh would condemn them. Um, But really, the reason these hearings don't work is not because of Donald Trump. 
It's not because of anything the last 20 months. These confirmation hearings haven't worked for 31 years in America. People are going to pretend that Americans have no historical memory, and supposedly there haven't been screaming protesters saying women are going to die at every hearing. But this has been happening since Robert Bork. This is a 31-year tradition. There's nothing really new the last 18 months. So the fact that the hysteria has nothing to do with you means that we should ask, what's the hysteria coming from? The hysteria around Supreme Court confirmation hearings is coming from the fact that we have a fundamental misunderstanding of the role of the Supreme Court in American life now. Our political commentary talks about the Supreme Court like there are people wearing red and blue jerseys. That's a really dangerous thing. And by the way, if they have blue jerseys, I would welcome my colleagues to introduce the legislation that ends lifetime tenure for the judiciary. Because if they're just politicians, then the people should have power, and they shouldn't have lifetime appointments. So until you introduce that legislation, I don't believe you really want. The solution is to restore a proper constitutional order with a balance of powers. We need schoolhouse rock back. We need a Congress that writes laws and then stands before the people and suffers the consequences and gets to go back to our own Mount Vernon if that's what the electors decide. We need an executive branch that has a humble view of its job as enforcing the law, not trying to write laws in the Congress's absence. And we need a, a judiciary that tries to apply written laws to facts and cases that are actually before it. This is the elegant and the fair process that the founders created. It's the process where the people who are elected, two and six years in this institution, four years in the executive branch, can be fired because the justices and the judges, the men and women who serve America's people by wearing black robes, they're insulated from politics. This is why we talk about an independent judiciary. This is why they wear robes. This is why we shouldn't talk about Republican and Democratic judges and justices. This is why we say justice is blind. This is why we give judges lifetime tenure. And this is why this is the last job interview Brett Kavanaugh will ever have. Because he's going to a job where he's not supposed to be a super legislator. So the question before us today is not what does Brett Kavanaugh think 11 years ago on some policy matter. The question before us is whether or not he has the temperament and the character to take his policy views and his political preferences and put them in a box marked irrelevant and set it aside every morning when he puts on the black robe. The question is, does he have the character and temperament to do that? If you don't think he does, vote no. But if you think he does, stop the charades. Because at the end of the day, I think all of us know that Brett Kavanaugh understands his job isn't to re rewrite laws as he wishes they were. He understands that he's not being interviewed to be a super legislator. He understands that his job isn't to seek popularity. His job is to be fair and dispassionate. It is not to exercise empathy. It is to follow written laws. Contrary to the onion-like smears that we hear outside, Judge Kavanaugh doesn't hate women and children. Judge Kavanaugh doesn't lust after dirty water and stinky air. No, looking at his record, it seems to me that what he actually dislikes are legislators that are too lazy and too risk-averse to do our actual jobs. He's absolutely positively right. Turn it into an appointment that we vote for. Because it's not supposed to be this way. The Supreme Court is supposed to be the rule of law, not the progressive law, not the fucking conservative law, law. But we've stopped that. In my lifetime, it was great until Obama's time. If you really look what happened, and I'm not saying Obama appointed people any different than any other conservative or Bush or whatever, what they did on the Affordable Care Act is not law. They rewrote a bill. What they did for gay rights 
is not law. That was state law. They rewrote state law for 37 fucking states, including the People's Republic of California. They voted against gay marriage. They rewrote it. Marriage was state law, not federal law. They would do the Defense of Marriage Act, but it didn't really do anything. It was state law. We have gone off the constitutional script. Like that gentleman wrote, and I wish I would have remembered his name, it came with a manual. If you don't read it and apply it, we end up where we're at now. It's Team Red, Team Blue. So if you really want to change something, Democrats, let's change appointments to the Supreme Court. I'm all for it. Do it. Don't make it lifetime. Maybe we don't make it lifetime. We won't have day two. Sham president, sham justice. Protesters are already being taken out of Brett Kavanaugh confirmation hearing in the first moments. Now, police and staff are keeping all seats for the public empty. No more public inside. This is There's a line outside. Unclear if this is temporary or it's going to be all day. Sally Cone. This is not what democracy looks like. Why is Republican Senate afraid of hearing from the American people who overwhelmingly oppose Kavanaugh? Made me go step out of my podcaster. And go into researcher. Gallup, 40% favor, 36% oppose. <clears throat> you won't hear that because when they couldn't get what they wanted, Time Magazine, HuffPo, and Vox, they wouldn't got different polls or they went lifetime polls and they made their own polls. We're going to be just like Fox doing a poll, which by the way, the Fox poll was 45 46 as of yesterday because it's been so negative. 45, 4, 46 against. But they went and got an AP, APC WAPO poll with a plus 13 damn inlays, which means it's going to be Democrat. The public is divided on President Donald Trump's Supreme Court pick with 38% saying it should be confirmed, 39% saying he shouldn't. Vox and HuffPo, I use the Vox, Brett Kavanaugh is very unpopular as a Supreme Court pick using the Fox poll, then they stacked up against liberal polls showing that everybody in the country wanted Sotomayor and Kagan, which I don't remember that, but okay. And they came up with a 40-36 against. So throughout there, they can only find one poll, a Fox poll, which I thought Fox is a right-wing network, so why would they use that poll? Because it's the only one they could come up with 45-46. And every one of their polls showed that everybody was for the guy. But it, nothing's overwhelming. Nothing's polarity. Because most people don't give a flying fuck. They're going to work. They don't have time to get paid to do this, as we'll find out. <clears throat> their article, I'm not going to read it. It's the same old shit that he's, uh, once again, a piece of shit. And then there's another article from Amy Skinkend from Think Progress, and within it, it says no one's above the law. I'm not going to play him. I had a 16-minute where he gets to talk, but I'm not going to play it. He says nobody is the law. Automatically, Brian Schatz, who's a Democratic senator, did some weird-ass kitty cat with a dick, or I don't know what the fuck it is. No one is above the law, and that is not obvious to Kavanaugh. Everybody goes, even his constituents. He just said that. 
My favorite. He literally just said no one is above the law in the hearing. You're not even fucking watching. Day two comments. Camelia Harris. I'm concerned Kavanaugh will show allegiance to a political party that shaped and built his career and the president appointed him, not the Constitution or the law. Replies. He will show allegiance to the rule of law, something you're unfamiliar with. Vote to confirm. And you're concerned based on any actual evidence, say any of the 300 cases that have come before him in federal court. Be specific. I'm concerned you're now conflating the Constitution with your own personal political beliefs. And I responded, you don't even know what the fucking law is. Of course, I didn't put fucking in there. You're for abolishing ICE and enforcing the law. And you're for sanctuary, which is violating the law. Big article that went out yesterday, which once again shows what it's all about. Senate Minority Leader General Senator Chuck Schumer revealed Democrat plan for next year's Labor Day parade on Monday when he used a bullhorn, told a crowd member that he and Democrat intend to impeach Donald Trump once they gain Congress. The sooner the better. We got to get a few Republicans. The Democrats are on our side. Then there's the funny. I This is from yesterday. I had to play it because I don't care what anybody says. Ted Cruz did this just to piss people off, and I love him for doing it. I took a look at your record compared to that of, of Judge Merrick Garland. Uh, Judge Garland, of course, was appointed to the D.C. Circuit uh, by Bill Clinton, and he was President Obama's nominee to the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, what I found that was striking is that in, in the 12 years you've been on the D.C. Circuit, of all the matters that you and Chief Judge Garland have voted on together, that you voted together 93% of the time. Uh, not, not only that, of the 28 published opinions that you've authored, where Chief Judge Garland was on the panel, Chief Judge Garland joined 27 out of the 28 opinions you issued when you were on a panel together. In other words, he joined 96% of the panel opinions that you've written when he was on a panel with you. And the same is true in the reverse. Of the 30 published opinions that Chief Judge Garland has written on a panel, you've joined 28 out of 30 of them, uh, over 93% of those opinions. Um, what is your reaction uh, to, to, to those, the, those data and the level of agreement? Well, I think we're trying hard to uh, find common ground and to, as I've said before, he's a great judge, a great chief judge, and he's very careful and hard, very hardworking, and we work well together and try to read the statute as written, read the precedent as written, and uh, he's a judge who does not, like I try to be as well, judge who's not trying to impose any uh, personal preferences onto the decision, but take the law as written. And uh, that's what I, I've tried to do in those cases. And that probably explains uh, some of that. I think it also goes back to, I don't think, I think judges are distinct from policymakers. And I think that shows up when you uh, dig into the actual details of how courts operate and go about their business. You, of course, know well, Senator, from you know, all your arguments and seeing judges uh, decide cases in real time. And uh, I think those <clears throat> statistics reflect 
reflect the reality of how judges go about their business. Uh, like I've said several times, I think of the Supreme Court as a team of nine and would try to be a team player on a team of nine. That, of course, there are going to be disagreements at times, so I don't want to overstate. Uh, but if you have that mindset of we're a court without sitting on different sides of an aisle, without being in separate caucus rooms, trying to find what the right answer is, and I think there is a right answer in many cases, uh, and uh, maybe uh, you know a, a range of reasonable answers and some others, uh, and uh, I think that's what those statistics reflect. Not going to read it. Don't put Garland in her mouth. You're a motherfucker. Are you fucking kidding me with this? You're just like Mark, Mark, Merrick Garland. Bullshit for gross. People, I don't understand you. Get a fucking grip. Last minute entry, and then we're going to move on. I ignored this initially. I ignored it, but then it came out in Legal Review. It came out on Mediate, and it came on three other sources that were conservative, but Mediate is definitely, that's Dan Abrams. It's not, it's not a conservative site. Jed Brent Kavanaugh's Supreme Court confirmation hearing was interrupted several times by protesters who shouted over senators who were speaking, many of whom were arrested. Now three men from Texas were there claimed they saw some of them get paid for their action. Video of their comments have been circulating in conservative circles, and the men were speaking with Adam Schneider, a digital strategy consultant who is a supporter of Trump. The doctor's story has not been verified by any official body, but Schneider has shared photos that appear to back up their claim. In one image that he posted to Twitter, a woman in a black and white top can be seen with a man who appears to be handing her cash. In another photo, an individual appears to be the same woman is being escorted out. His tweets proved the protesters were paid off in a line. For those wondering if the photo of the person receiving cash in line was staged, it wasn't. Here's some evidence of her getting kicked out of the hearing. Thanks, Adam Dubliner W. Schneider. One of the men, Tom Schluter, described one of these transactions. One thing was there were people who had come along, who had a bag of money, and people would hand them a piece of paper, and then they would give them money. So we know money was exchanged for some of the people to be there just to protest. Schutler then described instructions that people supposedly received. They were actually told, we heard them say this, when you go in, we want you to yell, to scream, and even possibly get arrested. So that was some kind of process we saw happening. He recalled, it's nothing new for Trump supporters to make unsubstantiated claims that protesters have been paid off as part of some manufacturer outrage. It's important to note that there have been no other report to show it. Schindler told Law and Crime that he know knows the men through a prayer group they are in. He said he did not witness the alleged incident from Tuesday, but he said they're back out there today and I'm witnessing it today. This has happened numerous times. It happened during the DNC convention. There's actually Craigslist ads, folks. It's not made up. They pay people. They're astroturf, just like the right is. And we've had too much proof on the show that the libs will bust people all over the goddamn country. The same people go to the same protests, and they're paid by Move On, Soros, all of them. This is how you win the argument. You have all these people to make other people go, man, maybe I should care like they do. But it proves, why would somebody get this fucking pissed off about a Supreme Court justice? Kagan and Sotomayor were outright activists. Nothing's really happened in the court. I haven't lost my guns. And we're not paying for abortions. So fucking take a Ridlin. Then we got the capper dick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Going to cover it briefly. NFL 
Little, literally, or not NFL, Nike went with their new campaign. Pat, uh, Pat Tillman sacrificed just a bit more than Colin Kaepernick since the Red States and everybody lost their minds. Nike goes from just do it to fuck the police is an article and they're spot on. He wrote, the NFL season will start this week. Unfortunately, once again, Kaepernick 7 is not on NFL roster, even though he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. That was Muhammad Amanamajin. Maybe if the guy from Iran's on your cause, you really shouldn't have your cause. Tim Kennedy. <clears throat> Didn't say a word. He just tweeted, soldiers crying at a funeral, soldiers crying after the loss of their friends at a field funeral, woman crying over a cactus casket, and a firefighter at 9-11. That's all I have to say. But there are four reasons Nike chose Kaepernick. Another article from uh, Daily Wire. Nike wants free publicity. Corporate marketing schemes thrive on free publicity. Viral marketing is by definition the kind of marketing you can't really pay for. And by directly jumping into the front political issue, Nike has ensured that his campaign will be talk of the town, buying millions of dollars in coverage for what the company didn't pay. President Trump is unpopular. Black Americans disproportionately support Kaepernick, 7 of 10, so they can try to get that market. Black Americans disproportionately engage with corporations on social media. They show a bunch of statistics. It's probably true. I disowned Nike ages ago. I'm from Beaverton, Oregon. Told the stories as a kid going and getting the shoes for cheap during their tax sales because I knew a friend. Their shoes suck. They don't care about adults. They've gone day glow. They do go after the African-American urban teen market with their weird-ass shoes they're disposable. They don't last. I remember I stopped running in them in the army, and we're talking that's eighteen fucking years ago. They were pieces of shit. After three months, I had to get rid of the fucking things. I wear Asics. Most doctors recommend Asics because Asics or Asics or whatever you want to call them are orthopedic. I have two pairs, one for dress, one for work. They're the most comfortable shoes I've ever had, and the black ones that I wear for work, where I go out in the yard and I go to work or whatever. When I used to work, I've had those things for a fucking year. They're just like they're brand new. The heels don't die. They're great. Then there was this shit. This is John Kerry. Donald Trump also called the Iran nuclear deal the worst deal ever. Now, that was a huge part of your legacy, um, which ended U.S. sanctions in Iran if Iran halted their nuclear program. Part of that deal did involve giving billions to a terrorist-supporting regime, and people have been very critical of that. What is your answer? Wasn't that their money that we just gave them back? Correct. We, we, in fact, we, we, we thought it was important to give them back their money because it was earning massive amounts of interest because we were under court agreement with respect to that money, mm -hmm. and the American taxpayer was going to be paying literally billions of dollars to Iran, so it was better to give them the smaller amount, which was their money, than to wait till it got bigger and put the burden on the See, American that, people and give them more money. that's fine point. It's not ever communicated. So, of course it is because it they don't tell the truth. <laughs> yeah. The Iran nuclear agreement, I say this <laughs> straightforwardly, is the strongest, most intrusive, most accountable nuclear agreement that we have anywhere on the planet. Right. Mm -hmm. And it required a country that had nuclear capacity, which was at two months breakout time to having a weapon, 
to destroy their plutonium reactor, undo their centrifuges that enrich, limit their level of enrichment, accept 130 additional inspectors to know what's happening, limit their mining, have television cameras watching what they're doing. All of that happened. It was working. And guess what? Russia, China, France, Germany, Britain have all stayed in the agreement as has Iran, who's still living up to it. Now, that doesn't mean that we like things they're doing. I disagree with their missiles. I disagree with their support of Hezbollah. I disagree with their, what they're doing in Yemen. I disagree with their attacks on Israel and their attitude towards Israel. But the best thing to do was eliminate a nuclear weapon and use the vacuum of no nuclear weapon and their compliance to begin to move them away from those other things. So this administration's position is wrong. I think, I think the administration has made a terrible mistake because what they've done is the president has pulled out of the agreement. Yeah. Others are trying to stay in it. So if he did have to go to war, believe me, those other countries are not going to be supportive of the United States yeah. in the way they would have if we had worked with them to put the pressure is, on Iran. This is what the president tweeted in response to obviously he's on the other side of this. He says, the United States does not need John Kerry's possibly illegal shadow diplomacy <laughs> on the very badly negotiated Iran deal. He doesn't even uh, he know was what the one the that created is. that mess. He says that you have overstepped. Yeah. Well, if I overstepped, I did exactly what Henry Kissinger, Condi Rice, uh, you know, Colin Powell, uh, Madeleine Albright, mm -hmm. Hillary Clinton, everybody as a former secretary maintains their right as Americans under the First Amendment to be able to speak to people, to talk to other leaders, to be informed. I didn't negotiate. And, and in fact, I was supporting what was then American policy, which was the support <laughs> of the Iran deal. Yeah. It was the hardest deal ever that's accomplished actually nothing but giving them more money for terrorism. You're a fucking piece of shit. Then there's this hilarious one that was on NBC. And it pretty much sums up the disconnect between the bubble and the world. As the media freaks out about tweets and all this shit, they forget most Americans just don't give a fuck. NBC, you might want to pay attention to this. This is your consumer. Welcome back, everybody. So what really matters to American voters like you? Is it Trump tweets? Petty squabbles amongst the politicians? Not so much, as it turns out. Jacob Sobroff is out there exploring the real answer to that question in his new series. What about the stuff that we hear about on TV all the time? Trump, Russia investigation, scandals? Those are sometimes distractors. I mean, I think they're important, but I like to stay focused on who's supporting what I'm supporting. That last exchange with a woman in the truck was interesting, right? Like, the, the media falls in love with its own stories. And, like, the Trump tweet and the latest on Mueller and the Russia investigation. And they're, like, wrong. Every day we have to remember what people like you guys uh, are thinking about. It's stuff that affects your daily life, your livelihood, um, how you actually, you know, wake up, get out of bed, uh, and go, uh, you know, into your day. It's funny how we sort of in the echo chamber of like New York and LA or the media circles right. get all wrapped around the axle on certain things and they're like, couldn't care less. Why we and, then we, and then we marvel that the poll numbers don't move. There's two points I want to make on this. Number one, they already know this, but they don't care. They're trying to brainwash the people. Chuck Todd, Don Lemon, Cuomo, this is when they go in their little outrage mode. They throw a petulant little five-year-old fit about the American people, uneducated voters, pieces of shit. You're all Nazis. Because they realize it's not breaking through because most of the people realize it's just fucking politics. Secondly, <clears throat> the media 
does this under Democrats? I want you to think of any scandal that happened over Obama. When you tuned into NBC, ABC, and CBS Evening News, we were talking about forest fires. On MSDNC or CNN, we were talking about the best, the next best idea that Obama was going to do. I remember when Obama was going to run out Obamacare, all you saw for months before they even started pinning to paper the bill was sorry stories, my little violin playing music, kabuki theater about this poor person whose great-grandpa died because he had a pre-existing condition. And then when they want to do education, how important it was for us to improve our education program. They do talk about normal Americans. They have normal American segments. They have all these regular people stuff. They have the good heartwarming stories about a farm in the middle of nowhere that donates its pig shit to a company that feeds the homeless. They pull it out in Democrats. But when it's a Republican president, we don't have time for that kind of shit. We got to get energized. We're going to be dedicated. We come up with new mottos. Briefly, because this is all you're hearing on the mainstream media yesterday. During the second day of the hearing, the tech hearing is not even being covered. The hearing kind of fell off the map. All we were talking about is the New York Times today is taking the rare step of publishing an anonymous op-ed. Most everything in it so far has been ignored. And it pretty much, well, here's just one tweet. I give clues to who from inside 45 White House wrote that New York Times op-ed. Amorosa. There you are. So, yeah. The monkey didn't go away. So so we can look like a monkey fucking a football and have fun like a barrel full of fucking monkeys as we monkey see and monkey do with Don Lemon and then an MRC funnies on the media saying monkey... Only a a few hours after Ron DeSantis declared victory in Florida's Republican gubernatorial primary, the Trump-endorsed candidate said this to Fox News about the Democratic candidate Andrew Gillum, the mayor of Tallahassee, who happens to be the first African-American nominee for governor of Florida. The last thing we need to do is to monkey this up by trying to embrace a socialist agenda with huge tax increases and bankrupting the state. Does anybody else hear that dog whistle? It's kind of a bullhorn. He actually said, monkey this up. Sadly, it's not even surprising anymore when one of President Trump's supporters says something racially insensitive. And if you think that was just a slip of the tongue, listen to this. He is an articulate spokesman for those far left views, and he's a charismatic candidate. Articulate, yep. Popular slur disguises a compliment articulate as if it's surprising when a person of color speaks well. Somebody like an Omarosa comes in is that she throws a monkey wrench in all of the public discussion about this. So Florida Democrats describe those comments, that phrase, monkey this up, as disgusting, as racist dog whistles. The backlash to those words, monkey this up, instant. The head of the Florida Democratic Party declaring, it's disgusting that Ron DeSantis is launching his general election campaign with racist dog whistles. Ron DeSantis, uh, the candidate you endorsed, he said that it's not time to monkey around with the economy down in Florida. Uh, DeSantis may have made a a racist comment. Do you think this candidate uh, monkeyed this up, uh, 
took that uh, statement and used it racially because he knew it would be a siren or a dog whistle or anything else that would have a negative racist tone to this campaign. Russia has been deeply complicit in monkeying around in American politics for a long time. That's what Donald Trump looked like yesterday. He looked like a surrender monkey. He looked, he looked weak, he looked servile, he looked obsequious, he looked like a craven sycophant. They, they couldn't be more vile than if they were monkeys hurling their excrement at each other in a cage. While Congressman Nunes has done more than any other congressional Republican to try to monkey wrench the Robert Mueller investigation. Well, who's the monkey on the string and who's the guy with the organ grinder? I mean, I think this is the question that Mueller's trying to figure out. Yeah, anyway, well, yeah, Mr. Shine, I'm quite sure it's just the monkey here. It's the organ grinder who's uh, actually driving the show, and that's our president. Number one, there's a little bit of a monkey on his back around this kind of neo-Nazi stuff. He's, he has retweeted some folks he shouldn't have retweeted, so there's a monkey on his back. The states are certainly taking action. They're hardening their elections infrastructure to make sure the Russians can't penetrate it again, can't uh, monkey around with the vote counts. What could have been done better with the clarity and beauty of 2020 hindsight, or was there anything to be done once we learned the Russians were monkeying around? These are all ways that you could really hurt Putin where he lives and make it clear to him that this is what's going to happen if he continues monkeying around in our elections. Monkey up the works. I mean, Democrats need to be, I think, a little bit more aggressive here. Well, it, as an American, it concerns me because it's, it's monkeying around with our Constitution. And in terms of the way that monkey wrench might plan, play out... I but the key here, and I, so I'm not trying to let the monkey off the Republican, the back of Republican members, I could be wrong and frequently am, but America's alre Americans already know the Russians are monkeying around on behalf of one candidate. One of the surest ways to discipline for attorneys is monkeying around. Another Russian lawmaker bragged to an NPR correspondent in Moscow that the visiting Republicans not only didn't pressure the Russian government about them monkey wrenching our election. There's a lot of people around him who seem to be involved in various kinds of monkey business, but none of it really touched him. Uh, they're monkeying around with the alternative minimum tax, both on the corporate side and the individual side. Federal right. prosecutors always try to, um, to monkey around with that privilege. But there's also the prospect now, the expectation, that Russia might keep doing it. Right? That, that Russia will keep monkey-wrenching our elections from here on out. And then there are another group of senators, like Susan Collins and, to a lesser degree, Jerry Moran from Kansas, who don't like that they're monkeying around with the individual mandate in this bill. What about all the Sessions talk, David Chalian, about that kind of, like, monkeying around, get him to leave the AG, go in there, be a write-in? Then you're monkeying around, I think, the, what the United States of America has been based upon. All right, our last two sound bites for this little segment is this one is MRC called Cooking as they cooked up the crazy Lanny Davis lying story. And then I'll just read the tweet. I must have moved to Bizarro World because there are hundreds, thousands of tweets and retweets about a supposed white power hand signal, but almost none about Louis Farrakhan on stage with Bill Clinton at Aretha Franklin's funeral. This soundbite would be my bias 101 if we were doing a normal podcast. And for new people to the shows, confirmation hearings or something important, we don't have a script. We'll do a news and social media nuggets on the back end to have a little fun. But we'll just pretty much go all in on whatever the fuck they are. So today, you know, that's what we did. This is Andrea Mitchell 
Her way of spinning it, because she's some journal, she's a power journalist who moved up the ranks, one of the first females, she's an anchor of her own show, she is a journalist with a capital J. No, instead of saying, hey, this is pretty fucked up, that guy said horrible shit like Jake Tapper does, and I think once Chuck Todd did, she says, this is a sign of the Democratic Party's inclusivity? Sources telling ABC News President Trump's former lawyer Michael Cohen says then-candidate Trump knew about that meeting with the Russians in Trump Tower before it happened. Ready to deliver the goods, now claiming the president knew and approved of the Trump Tower meeting with his top campaign aides and a Russian promising dirt on Hillary Clinton. Well, I think um, the reporting of this story got mixed up. President Trump's former personal attorney is ready to tell the special counsel that then-candidate Trump knew in advance about a 2016 meeting at Trump Tower. The president's former attorney and confidant is ready to talk. Sources say that Michael Cohen may now be actually willing to share his story with the special counsel. So Michael Cohen does not have information that President Trump knew about the Trump Tower meeting with the Russians beforehand or even No, did not. These explosive new allegations. That bombshell claim out of Washington this morning. Bombshell. The stunning new claims. Donald Trump knew about a 2016 meeting at Trump Tower. Mr. Trump knew in advance about that meeting between his son, Donald Trump Jr., and the Russian lawyer. He said he was not aware uh, ahead of time and did not hear um, anything to the contrary. And that was the testimony before the Senate as well as the House. Cohen's claim then candidate Trump knew in advance about that infamous Trump Tower meeting. The infamous Trump Tower meeting. That yeah. infamous meeting. That infamous Trump Tower meeting. A major escalation in the standoff between the president and Cohen. Major implications on special counsel Robert Mueller's probe. There are people in life who have transformative experiences and they're sincere and there are people who continue to lie and are opportunists and have to judge which is which. It's interesting to see the panoply of civil rights leaders, of course, right there at the church. We see Reverend Al, we see the Reverend Jesse Jackson, who has been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, but is was so close to Aretha Franklin and is part of that legacy. Bill Clinton, of course, there and is going to give one of the eulogies and also the Reverend Farrakhan, a very controversial leader from the Nation of, uh, of Islam who is also there. So it's an inclusive group. We can see also on screen some of that parade of pink Cadillacs. I mean, the, the drama of this funeral and what Aretha Franklin means to the nation, not just to Detroit and to the world of music, the world of civil rights, the world of politics. And the fact that Bill and Hillary Clinton were uh, really mobbed by the crowd. Now, you, you mentioned the people waiting outside, and you said they were average, everyday Detroiters. I think today there are, there are no average Detroiters. They're all uh, very special as part of that, that larger Aretha Franklin family. But what about the weather, if I could ask you, Ron? Is it still, you know, pushing up there in the high 90s, or is it cooling off at all? 
I hope she stretched before she did that because she's pretty old and she could pull a fucking muscle. Jennifer Rubin also had an incredibly unbelievable tank. And remember, I always preface with her, she is the conservative for Washington Post. Just as 9-11-01 galvanized generations of young people, perhaps 9-1-18, the date of McCain's funeral, will be the inspiration for another generation of Americans to eschew tribalism and seek the common ground in defense of overarching values. The first reply, the chiefness of tribalism speaks. What is wrong with the left? 3,000 people died on 9 11 you politicize the shit out of it. Every gun shoot, you pers- you politicize the shit out of it. The moment Molly Tibbetts literally died, look at those fuckers over there politicizing a death. You have no it it, it goes down to the articles I'm going to push to the next podcast. The left's a religion, folks. I've been promising that article. I'm going to do it. Quick hit on something we'll cover deeper. Chuck Todd wrote a gigantic article in reference to the media needs to attack back now. Yeah. Attack back. That's what we need to do. We need to stop taking it that we're biased. <clears throat> we need to attack back. And I think it's because now he is inundated with Everybody on Twitter, actually, that he hasn't blocked, saying, dude, you run a conspiracy theory a day. The media does it. Dude, you guys are really bad right now. You're not even trying. Meet the Press is a steaming pile of shit. And more importantly, as I researched, Meet the Press ratings are getting skunked. The only people that watch it are the resistance. It was the number one show back with Tim Russert because it was objective, it was hard, it was pressing on every politician, not just conservatives. So we'll push those great articles to the next podcast, which will be once again after the break. Um, I'll Once again, I, I leave Saturday, so we're looking at a podcast on the 16th. Uh, that'll be our next podcast. I'm going to Pensacola. Um, I'll bring my rain jacket because it's going to suck, but yeah, we're going to Pensacola. So let's do another atmospheric. I want to fire it up. So we're going to listen to A10 Strafen for a while, and then we'll go into a brief news and social media nuggets.
Welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast with Tony Reed. Our generation, man, all you people, we're all together, man, and it's groovy. And dig yourselves, because it's really groovy. Now it's time for news and social media nuggets. The crazy stuff that makes your host lose his mind. It's a whole new ball game on campus these days, and they call it PC. PC? Politically correct. And it's not just politics, it's everything. It's what you eat, it's what you wear, and it's what you say. If you don't watch yourself... Get in a buttload of trouble. For instance, right see these girls? Yep. No, you don't. Those are women. You call them girls and they'll pop your figs. Save the whales. Yeah, he's in the military and be all you can be for it's an adventure for the few, the proud, the brave in Military Corner. Unfortunately, Military Corner starts again, sadly. Army soldier killed in Afghanistan, insider attack, was on his 13 13th deployment. U.S. Army Command Sergeant Major Timothy A. Boyard was on his 13th overseas deployment when he was killed during an apparent insider attack in Afghanistan on September 3rd. Boyard, 42, was the highest enlisted soldier of the 1st Squadron, 38th Cavalry Regiment, which deployed to Afghanistan with the 1st Security Force Assistance Brigade. Boyard's decorations include six Bronze Stars, two with V's, earned on different occasions during eight combat deployments. According to Newsweek, the insider attack was carried out by a member of the Afghan National Police who was visiting American forces on an undisclosed base in the eastern part of the country. Afghan military commander General Abdul Razik told Stars and Stripes the attack began after gunfire erupted from a police Humvee, hitting American servicemen in the back. The insider attack was the second in as many months following the shooting of Army Corporal Joseph Masil, also deployed to Afghanistan in support of the 1st SFAB in the southern part of the country in July. Prayers be with this family. The green on green is just a real problem over there. Chasing wolves and poachers through the Montana wilderness isn't what Colorado Springs resident Jamie Havoc expected to be doing over the last the past year, but the Navy, Navy veteran known as Doc serendipitously found himself on Animal Planet's Wolves and Warriors. If you haven't seen it, excellent show, 
watch it. I'm donating $25 a month to them. Um, <clears throat> I am honest when I say I didn't come back from combat with PTSD. I came back from combat with survivor guilt because I got out in a time when a lot of my friends and acquaintances died. Um, and I always felt guilty that I got out. Even though I fought, it was my time to go home. And I wasn't going to be able to go home. I was going to stay in NTC. I wasn't going to be able to go fight. I was just going to be stuck there if I didn't retire. And it haunted me. Well, I got a dog. It's a husky, but I'll just say there's other things in that husky. That dog healed me. It healed me more than counselors did, which I tried. It healed me with my personal depression that's hereditary and my combat bullshit of guilt. She healed me. She really did. So I think this is a great program. I think there is, this is when I get super tree huggy. So for the conservatives out there, I'm sorry. I just am. I donated to Wolfhaven forever. Um, I believe there's a link between men Man, woman, whatever, humans, I don't offend people, and wolves. They're monogamous, they're family structure, and I will watch Alpha the movie, but I just got to watch it at the house because I'll probably cry and embarrass myself. So, let's move on. If Congress really wants to fix our veterans' mental health crisis, it will pass the Hemp Act. A veteran is 250 times more time more likely to die from suicide on or an opiate opioid opioid sorry related overdose and their counterpart currently serving in afghanistan in 2017 according to icasualty.org there were a total of 15 u.s military fatalities in afghanistan the same year a veterans administration released a seminal report placing veterans death by suicide at an average of 20 per day anecdotal evidence suggests that many of these deaths were directly related to the over prescription of opioids and other psychotropic medical drugs this article goes on to prove that for pain and other issues, giving people weed would be way better. Giving people hemp-related oils like my wife does for her pain. She quit opioids. I have not. And she uses hemp oil. And it works. Cost costs $100 a bottle, but it works. And it's better than the Motrin and bullshit that she does. I would in two seconds drop Percocet to smoke Three bowls a day. I'm not a pothead. I'm not into being a pothead. But I honestly have pain-related issues that rule my life. And it would be nice to take something that isn't going to kill me. Yeah, it's going to make me fatter because I'm going to get the munchies. I'm joking. And I might fucking be a space cadet on the podcast. Um, You'd be able to tell the difference between a smoking... I got stoned during the podcast and not... But the point of the matter is, it's a healthier solution to opioids, even synthetic ones. It's just a good thing to do. I had a funny story. I'm not going to read it. I'm going to refer you to Task and Purpose because I know a lot of military people are not listening to the show. There is a new segment they're doing on the long march on Task and Purpose, which is about the only thing I read anymore because they've gone totally anti-Trump, pro-lib. They they just have a bunch of liberals over there. It's just really annoying. I don't understand why liberals dominate military press. I, I don't know why they do. I Maybe it's a calling. Maybe it's just that they choose to do it. Or maybe they just ignore all the submissions for conservatives. But Colonel Keith Nightingale, a retired U.S. Army vet, wrote a Shit happens story. It is fucking hilarious. It's from Vietnam. But 
I gotta say, shit stories are part of the military ethos. I mean, it's just part of it. Um, if I could tell you the horror stories of taking a dump, like when we went to Kandahar initially, we're by ourselves. The Canadians came in, and they got attached to us. They did mostly security, you know, perimeter security stuff, and we all got a coyote with a platoon. Um, <clears throat> we get like, well, I guess we got split platoons, so we got a half platoon assigned to me. Tony, don't know his last name. Told the story, shared MREs or his rations. Great guy. But long story short, they brought in porta potties. Instead of doing slit trenches or other things, we got these porta potties. And for the first month, we got the blue fluid, and it was a dream to go in there and take a shit. They were getting cleaned every day. It was a beautiful thing. And then it stopped. And then it just turned into shit boxes. And then windstorms. And it didn't matter how much you fucking ratcheted that bitch down. The wind was going to blow it over. And the idea of taking a dump in 115 degree weather inside a plastic shit box after it tipped over and it now has shit stalactites, it haunts me to this day. So I got a lot of good shit stories. Not going to put it on the show. But go over to Task of Purpose. Very funny story. Let's go to college crazy. Vox, liberal censorship, not conservative, is the real issue. Oh, really? Yeah, let's look at this. New study allegedly shows that liberals are targeted off-campus speech censorship more often than conservatives, despite multiple incidents that serve as evidence to the contrary. Vox highlights the study and calls conservative bias a myth. The writer states there's little support for the claim of free speech rights are seriously imperiled at American universities and blasts conservative media's breathless coverage. Zach Beauchamp, that's all I need to say, I could stop right now, but I just want to laugh, writes, the conservative silencing on college campuses is a myth, it's somewhat overblown, Beauchamp goes on to say that he and fellow Vox writer Matt Yanglazy, and ding, 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 they all you need to know, found little support for the claim that free speech rights are seriously imperiled on American universities, I examined three data sources that I argue support the view that incidents of speech by students or professors being suppressed are relatively rare. When they do happen, these incidents often target liberals and leftists, despite the breathless media coverage. Ben Shapiro, David Rubin, Milo Yiannopoulos, and Ann Coulter are just a few conservative commentators who regularly schedule speaking engagements on notorious liberal colleges. Their events are often disrupted, disrupted, canceled because of liberal backlash, and occasionally the atmosphere on college campuses becomes so hostile that Shapiro, Rubin, and Coulter have been forced to cancel or move their events. The data Vox cites is from a project of the National Opinion Research at the University of Chicago. Ding, 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 ding. Beauchamp further writes that Inglesi looked at polling on student attitudes toward free speech and found little evidence that they were par- particularly hostile to free expression. However, Robert Shibley, executive director of FIRE, a nonpartisan civil rights advocacy organization, wrote earlier this month that while lawsuits against institutions with blatantly unconstitutional red light speech restrictions have dropped in recent years, the percentage of academic institutions that restrict speech is still far too high. And when you factor in the percentage of schools with only slightly less restrictive yellow light policies, the percentage of schools with restrictive speech codes on the books is still about 90 fucking percent. This is all because of tech. Um, I think I played it. I don't know. But Chuck Todd is literally saying, why would Google even step in the arena? They've done nothing wrong. They, 
they're admitting something by going. They should just ignore this shit because this whole suppression on the internet is bullshit. This coming from a guy that you say anything to him, he blocks you. When I was watching Meet the Press, he was supporting terrorists. I didn't say it that way. I said, are you appeasing terrorists on Meet the Press? That's ridiculous, was the reply, and I was blocked. Instantly blocked. That was on a break. So, I don't really take my advice from a guy who stifles free speech on his own show. He takes no criticism. He's such an arrogant ass. He believes that he is the smartest person in the world. His ideas are the only ideas. And we're going to cover in depth his new idea that the media just needs to attack back. Mm. Illegal immigration students now allowed positions on California college boards. This was a new bill. So instead of picking up the shit, dealing with all the crap and needles and bullshit in California, they did HB, oh, excuse me, AB1887, signed August 24th. So you don't have to be here legally. You can be on boards, make decisions for a school because we want your vote. Nice. I have this abortion story, and as it goes out, it comes from a site called ShoutYourAbortion.com, common spelling. Shout Your Abortion is a decentralized network of individuals talking about abortion on our own terms and creating space for others to do the same. SYA is everywhere, on the sides of buildings, and art, and outfits, and signs, and social media. Abortion is normal. Our stories are ours to tell. This is not a debate. Normal liberal site, right? But I got into it because there was a story which doesn't exist anymore. The picture showing it was this cute girl next door ponytails straddling a dock with her feet on two sailboats. And it goes a little something like this. 23-year-old brags about having three abortions by Jonathan Van Moren. 45 years after Roe v. Wade, abortion is still was one of the most contentious subjects in the United States of America, with the issue creating a chasm between the two primary political parties and driving the results of primaries and even elections. The pro-choice movement, pro-life apologist Scott Klusseldorf, noted some time ago, generally thought at the time that Roe v. Wade would be, be put this issue to bed. Instead, abortion activists are faced with a non-stop stream of pro-life laws and growing and invigorated pro-life movement. It is why one of the signs you often see abortion activists wielding readily reads simply, I can't believe we still have to protest this shit. Abortion activists have now spent decades trying to normalize abortion with varying degrees of success. On the rhetorical front, they ignore the messy details of feticide and instead refer to the process as reproductive rights or women's health care. What I always say, a nice catchphrase. On the political front, they have successfully cornered the Democratic Party, ensuring that pro-life liberals, once a numerous species but now severely endangered, are electorally unviable. And to the cultural front, they have wide range of celebrities willing to wave their banner at rallies, where a noted shift in tone is beginning to take place. Some were shocked when one feminist activist took, took the stage of the Women's March in early 2017 with a shirt that was covered with the phrase, I love abortion. But this is now the abortion movement new goal. Brazenly defend abortion as a good thing and celebrate those who have had them. 
Abortion activists used to angrily insist that nobody is pro-abortion, we are pro-choice. But now, many of them are willing to admit that plenty of people are pro-abortion. None of them are pretending that they want abortion to be safe, legal, and rare anymore. After all, why would you want a good thing to be rare? Abortion allows people to live their lives the way they wish. To be a coy, to be coy about that, according to the abortion industry, is a bit ungrateful. This will, new willingness to defend abortion at all costs without apology has spawned several campaigns to push this no-holds-bar attitude into the public consciousness. There was a short-lived attempt to get people to wear t-shirts reading, I had an abortion, which ended up being limited mostly to Gloria Steinman and a handful of others. And then there was a Shout Your Abortion campaign with the abortion industry and their political allies asking those who use their services to come forward and own it loudly and proudly so that people would be able to put a human face on abortion and not the face of the crushed and discarded child. This campaign, recently promoted by Oprah Winfrey, is just the latest attempt at normalization. But the Shout Your Abortion campaign is double-edged sword. While it can raise awareness as to just how many women have had abortions, it can also reveal the ugly callousness towards pre-born children and the utter selfishness that animates the motives of many. A sad and repulsive example of this was published by Shout Your Abortion blog earlier this month under the defiant title, I am 23 and I have had three abortions. Yes, I have! All caps, smiley face. In her post... The young woman essentially admits that she was aborting real children, but she didn't want them inferring, interfering with her life. Knowing that she had her abortion at age 16 when she decided to have sex without a condom. My first abortion was August 25, 2011 at Lovejoy Surgical Center in Portland, Oregon. I was eight weeks, three days pregnant. This is based on the last period. Yes, I did cry. No, it was not easy. No, I have no regrets. At age 19, I took a three-week journey on the Pacific Coast Trail. I did this on my own. Loved it. On the trail, I found another hiker. Guy was traveling solo. Long story short, we had sex. And sadly, I didn't have a condom condom with me. My backpack already weighed 49 pounds. So goddamn, that .3 ounce or .1 ounce fucking condom was such a burden. I had my second abortion on September 14, 2014 at Lovejoy Surgical Center. She's a frequent flyer there. I was 10 weeks, 4 days pregnant. The appointment was originally on August 29th, but during that time I found a new job and ended up having to rearrange my schedule. Having an abortion at 10 weeks was a little harder just because I knew I had something in me, but doing it was still the right decision. you notice here that this young woman going public with her story of having two abortions because she didn't even bother to attempt to avoid pregnancy because the abortion industry was waiting helplessly helpfully to help her dispose of the child created through casual coitus throughout her post she refers to the reason that she didn't want a child but does not pause to explain what abortion does to those children the third child she aborted even had a father who was willing to stick around but unfortunately it interfered with her summer job plans for the last couple of years I've been in a loving relationship with a great guy I am and have been on the pill but it doesn't always work because I'm really irresponsible and I don't take it we found uh, I added that in. <clears throat> we found out that we were pregnant back in March 2018. Originally, we were thinking of keeping up, but in the end, a deci- decision was made for us. We both got some ourselves seasonal jobs at a national park for the summer, something we have been working on for the last three years. No way could I be massively pregnant for this job. It's just not possible. The job was outdoors with some very rough work involved. We had my third abortion on May 5th, 2018 at My Choice Medical Center in Van Nuys, California. 
We did it here because my boyfriend could join me in the room during the procedure. The idea that he wanted to join me was truly a blessing and made me feel more comfortable because of, of it. I was 12 weeks and 4 days pregnant. We waited this long because, like I said, there was that ultimate seasonal job that made the decision for us. All in all, I just wish that people would look at abortion with just another surgery. No way could I be a mother of three children right now. Just not possible. I am 23. I have a good life. I don't want to destroy it because of a bunch of children that I'm not ready for. Doesn't that make sense? I have zero regrets on what I have sometimes... What I have, sometimes I do wonder about the what if. But in the end, I know I made the best decision for me. I've spoken well over a thousand people about abortion. But for some reason, I still found this young woman's blog post jarring. Perhaps it's the fact that she doesn't even find it necessary to give any reasons whatsoever for ending the lives of three human beings. Her own children. Perhaps it is the fact that she found selfishness to be a defense in in, and of itself and was proud of it, or perhaps it's because her closing line summed everything up perfectly. In the end, I know I made the best decision for me. Shocking. And, And what I say on the show, it's not because you can't get birth control. It's not because we're living in the handmaid's tale. It's because you're an irresponsible little trollop who doesn't fucking care because we have made an abortion like some fries in a happy meal. It's just there. Get you some fries. Well, as I stated, I had the story, lost the link. I was going to put it in the last podcast. <clears throat> and then I went back to look for it. it. wasn't there. The page was there, but there was nothing there. And then this comes out. And this just, once again, it's no different than Kavanaugh Handshake. It's no different than the handmaid's tale. If the liberals lived in reality and actually were factual, I would respect their arguments. But the extreme left doesn't. Everything is kabuki theater. Shout Your Abortion website allegedly steals photo of conservative girl to promote pro-abortion article. A conservative woman claims a pro-abortion website stole her photo to help promote their article titled, I'm 23 and I have had three abortions. Yes, I have. Leading many to believe that she was the author of the article. The article, which has since been removed with no explanation, was featured on a website called Shout Your Abortion. Describe self to center blah, 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 blah. The website also declares that abortion is normal. In a statement, 24-year-old Molly Schaap says she wants to make it clear that I have never had an abortion. Schaap says the photo was taken off her social media account, says she was horrified to wake up and see the photo of her was used without her permission for the article. Someone using the name Heather stole my picture and essentially my identity, she says. The article details Heather's reasons for having abortion, blah, 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 blah. She said she's proud of who she is and her actions, yet she uses a picture of a random stranger instead of herself. I am appalled that my photo has been used in this manner. All my life I've been pro-life and believe that life begins at conception. I have personally donated to pro-life causes and believe that every life is valuable. As a Christian, I believe that God is the author of life and life is not ours to take away. Chap says, although she didn't write the story, the comments being made about the girl in the photo feel very personal. And that, yes, the story, if it is true, is quite sad, but there is no excuse for making some of the crude and judgmental comments I've seen. While I strongly believe that abortion is taking a valued life, I would like to ask people to choose about 
think about the effect that their words have and to choose their words carefully. If Heather really exists, I want her to know that she is has value and is loved despite the unfortunate life choices she has made. The Bible clearly teaches that God is forgiving God. As a Christian, I strive to embody the love of Christ. Passing judgment helps no one. I hope that my story challenges you to think twice before making a comment on the internet. Instead, think of the other ways to promote choosing life. In an interview, Shap told Daily Wire that while she was horrified to discover a photo was stolen, I hope that in some ways this could be used for good, she adds. I hope that this helps girls who are experiencing the aftermath of abortion or those who might be considering abortion to realize that there is a God who loves and cares for them and there are other options available to choose life. There is a supportive community of individuals that value them and their lives. Shap hopes that a compassion is used to respond to an article that promotes abortion. Compassion does not mean agreeing with actions, but speaks much more powerfully than judgmental and unkind words. Shout Your Abortion surprisingly wasn't available for comment. Yeah. She's dead on. Um, I have never judged said anything. Sure, on the show, I make little trollop statements or whatever. But I would never attack anybody. That's their choice. I am vehemently, as my wife is, who is, to be quite honest, my wife has influenced me more to be pro-life then researching and these podcasts, talking about it. She is vehemently opposed to it because as of the age of 15, she got herself on birth control because she didn't want a baby at that time. She is very vehement. She would call this lady a slut, and she did. Instantly, when I read the article. But the problem is... They can't make the argument without making this picture a normal everyday person because not every day do people write articles just like this. 2 by 22. Most would think that it was unprotected sex of multiple men, right? Not the case. I was a new I was in a new but very loving and understanding relationship March 26th blah 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 when he came up with a bowl of ice cream and the test in the hand, I fell to the floor. I was indeed pregnant. At 20 years old, in community college, with a pathetic entry-level job and debt-racking up a second, I couldn't fathom any children. Why it wasn't in my boyfriend's beliefs. He was supportive of my decision to have an abortion. I was only five weeks and three days long. A medical pill from Planned Parenthood took care of that fucking shit, blah, 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 blah. One little mess up on my birth control. I forgot a day and da-da-da-da-da-da. Ultrasound monitor. She ends it with... The stigma is real and it needs to be dealt with. I'm 23, financially stable, loving my career, happy in my relationship, hopeful of the future. No regrets! Another one. I can see now that I belong to a tradition of resistance and body autonomy. I always knew that if I got pregnant before I was ready to give life, I'd go for an abortion. However, when the day came, I was still really, really troubled by the abortion idea. <clears throat> Suddenly, so real and palpable. I saw it like it was going to take a bit of my purity or like I was going to lose kind of virginity. But I did it anyway because it was the right thing to do and I always knew it. Now I can say that I never regret it, not even a second, that it was safe, that I was lucky, I had my boyfriend with me holding my hand, and that it was free. Plus, I can see now that I belong to a tradition of resistance and bloody autonomy. I'd like to say thank you to the pro-choice movement around the world. I know I owe you some of what I am now. Next article. We live in a society that chastises women for ending pregnancy, but then does nothing to support mothers of all. Next story. I just had an abortion, and I am so lucky. And the saddest article. 13. Anonymous. 
I didn't even know my body was mine. 13, sworn, swollen, an unfamiliar place. I no longer carried my own scent, but that of a boy, no older than myself, vomiting, 30 pounds down, a decision made for your parents whispering about. I wake to bright lights and a good morning, remembering nothing. Abortion was my beginning to becoming my own woman. And that's what we have now. The feminist movement who shuns pro-life women, shuns women who have children, who are mothers and housewives, disparage conservative women all the time because they never had a real job. This is a passage to womanhood. We've read it on the show. A generation of girls most resisting it as we've shown the pro-life woman movement has been influxed with teenage girls who aren't like these people who are selfish and realize birth control is too easily made available and a fucking service that was brought to them by millions of feminists who pushed for it back when feminism really was about women's rights because we didn't have women's rights literally they say now to these young girls you're not a woman unless you've had an abortion I challenge you to go to this site and find any woman who wrote this there's thousands on this site and it's not about selfish reasons I didn't stop to use birth control I didn't make him use birth control I don't want this baby destroying my life. It's inconvenient. I don't like French fries is all I read. I don't want these French fries. And I'm tossing them in the trash. The problem is, it's not a potato. It's a human being. And lastly, if they were so mainstream... Why are they stealing people's pictures? If you're out there shouting how great your abortion was and it made your life complete, why wouldn't you show your own face? But you go to most of these articles, there isn't a face. It's not a stigma based on men. It's not a stigma based on Christian conservatives. It's not a, it's not a stigma made by the media who promote abortion like it is a, a existential freedom that we must have and but dovetailing it with Kavanaugh hearing with handmaids and you're going to kill me if you vote for this guy the stigma's on you because you know what you did you killed a human life because you're selfish It used to be safe, legal, infrequent, health of the mother, rape and incest. Those were the reasons they fought for Roe v. Wade. Not, this is just another form of birth control. And for a generation, as we said before, and I'm going to stop, I know I rant on this, every goddamn thing I could find that talks about abortion and promotes abortion... It's not a one-off. It's always the same woman, irresponsible, won't use birth control, won't hold her her partner accountable 
for birth control and make him use a rubber and it's an inconvenience this is my birth control this is my birth control I use abortion chemically or mechanically as my form of birth control because I am that irresponsible feminist movement has taught them yeah that is a birth control abortion is birth control use it so yeah other things Roger Federer's tough to beat global warming might have pulled us upset that's an actual article in the New York Times yeah and then more PETA stuff pro hunting billboard in Wyoming outrages anti-gunners and Indian tribe nationwide Cody Wyoming is a small town nestled a short distance from the Yellowstone National Park the town is definitely one of the most pro-gun places in the country after all it's home to the Cody Firearms Museum which houses more than 7,000 firearms from all different areas of American history now the town is making headlines after Scott Weber a local gun store and action action house owner decided and placed a pro hunting billboard welcome to Wyoming where we trump sorry here we hunt trap shoot and wear fur enjoy all but this isn't the first time the Weber has utilized billboards to make his pro-gun, pro-hunting stance. Wolf, Grizz, the, the list, hunt. WyomingSportsman.com. There's another one he had. It's, uh, want to see bears? No, no to trophy hunting. And that's a reply, I guess, they put up. Sorry, I read that wrong. But everybody's freaking the fuck out. The guy's paying for it. And they're so pissed because of hunters and shit. Okay. Short hit. Town suffering economic hardship after restaurant kicks Sarah Sanders out. This is hammer that town. People are not going there. And I just say, karma. You chose to play your politics before your business plan and I missed it in the Nike but they lost 4.4 billion in stocks the next day so you can go get that sweet sweet Twitter Twitter cred man you can get all those likes you can get liberals just loving you because you hate shit but every time we turn around Dick's Sporting Goods Nike the Red Hand it doesn't look like the majority of people really believe in what you're talking about because your bottom line gets hosed every time to our lighter fare in the past of the show I have dogs pumpkin spice it's just out of control air fresheners freaking plug-ins every form of beverage is pumpkin spice breads uh dog food my wife sells pumpkin spice dog food and pumpkin spice treats i doubt dogs really give a fuck about pumpkin spice so when i saw this i almost didn't cover it but it's so goddamn insane i had to do it educated hillbilly we've had a good run america pumpkin spice bratwurst he actually shows this picture and i gotta ask you as a bratwurst connoisseur no! Why would you put pumpkin spice in meats? No! Go to fucking Starbucks, get your half chai, non fat, freaking soy milk pumpkin shit, but leave my bratwurst alone. Then we have one comedic one, which is literally, as I said in the beginning, 
when you interrupt a conservative thing, the media lodges heroes. Nobody talks about Linda Sossauer by name. They're heroes. They're great people. And then it's un-American. It's so un-American these people are escorted out. It's so un-American. The people's voice is not being heard, even though they're paid for astroturfers. It's just horrible. So, Laura Loomer is a conservative Twitter personality. Somehow she went to this and blew what I believe, because, you know, what I kind of said. You don't see a lot of Republicans losing their fucking heads over shit. But she did, and she went on there and was named. It was Laura Loomer's been interrupted the meeting. She's getting booted. Look how great this senator took care of this shit. Blah, 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 blah. And she was booted, embarrassed, breaking decorum, criticized. I'm not playing it for that. You know, I, I'm going to say it's stupid. We don't do that. I'm an independent conservative. We, we don't act like these idiots. You know, we don't go out and burn shit down, and we don't interrupt hearings being a fucking jackass. Leave that to the left because it shows what they are. Petulant kids. And they can't get their way. They throw fits, and they accuse everybody of, you know, vote for this person, you're going to die. But she did it. And Representative Long from Missouri, at some time in his life, was an auctioneer. This shit is priceless. Chair now recognizes the... Order. We'll have order in the hearing room, or you'll be asked to leave. You'll, ma'am, if you'll please take a seat, or we'll have to have you, then you'll need to relieve. President Donald Trump, help us. Please help us, Mr. President, before it is too late, because Jack Dorsey is trying to influence the election, huh? to sway the election. What's she saying? I can't understand her. What? Steal the election. That is why What's she's she? censoring and shadow banning. I'm having a day in 12 and a half, 15, 7 and a half, 20 dollars, 2 and a half, 5 and 7 and a half, 30. Hit 30 dollars down here, 2 and a half, 5, 35, 7 and a half, 40. Hit 40 dollars, 2 and a half, 5, 5, 45, 7 and a half, 50. Hit 50 dollars down here, 2 and a half, 50. Officer, will you escort this young lady out, please? Hit 2 and a half, now 5, 55, 7 and a half, 70. Up to it, I have now five, seven, five, seven, half, eighty dollar to five, eighty five, ninety. Eight hundred dollar and a ten, 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 a quarter, one, a quarter, one, half, seven, five, two, two, two and a quarter. It to it, half, seven, five, three, you will bomb three hundred. It three and a quarter. Cut three and a quarter now, half, half, three and a half, seven, five, four hundred. Yeah, but a four, four and a quarter, four and a half. We're selling the cell phone there, four and a quarter, four and a half. Hit four and a half, four, seven, five, five hundred, five, five and a quarter, five and a half. I yield back. <laughs> Somehow I think our auctioneer and resident's going to get tweeted about today. And our serious soundbite from that is Marco Rubio. Now, the one thing I didn't get out of it, because there's not a lot of coverage on this hearing, because they're going Kavanaugh, and then, of course, the anonymous op-ed, another smoking gun, number 4,501 on CNN, is all you're going to hear on the news. There's a great tweet going around with, Somebody dogging Fox because they're still showing the hearing. And on the other networks, they have everybody talking about this op-ed. And there's a picture of smiling Chuck Todd, who's all about journalism right now. But he's jerking off to an anonymous op-ed, which should be taboo, considering we just went through the Lanny Davis shit with an anonymous source that embarrassed his network and every other network about a lying story that was supposed to blow up Trump and get him impeached. 
Thus, they did 122 impeachments on CNN that were all false. And somehow Fox and the conservative echo chamber is influencing media credibility. Hmm, interesting. So, I got one that Jack Dorsey says he's going to amplify journalists on Twitter. I don't know how you amplify them more. They get certified checks as authentic. You can't say anything to them or else you get banned. And they can say horrible shit and block the world like Chuck Todd. So that was the only thing I got out yesterday. More to follow in the next podcast if anything earth-shattering happens. It's a kabuki theater in itself. It's never going to change. Google's going to still be pushing fucking, you know, Alphabet Company is always going to push Democrats. Twitter's going to support Democrats and let them say and do whatever they fucking want. But if you're conservative, you're going to get shadow fucking banned. Facebook is working as hard as it can to make sure Democrats get elected. That's what they do. We've already proved it. It's money. It's donations. It's algorithms. They are part of the mainstream media's push to help the Democratic Party win every election and have total power and control over the United States to turn it into a socialist country. That's what they want. They don't realize that if they come full-fledged to socialism, they're fucked. They're not going to make as much money as they do. But they don't care because it's all about politics. But Rubio... Did have decent pushback. It's the only soundbite I could find. So let's listen. And on Twitter, how does blocking the account of journalists or NBA an NBA player in keeping with a core tenet of freedom of expression? Well, we um, we enacted a policy some time ago to allow for per country content takedown, meaning that within those the boundaries of that nation, the content would not be able to be seen, but the rest of the world can see it. And that's important because the world can still have a conversation around what's happening in a market like Turkey. And also, um, we have evidence to show that a lot of citizens within Turkey uh, access that content through proxies and whatnot as, as well. So we, we do believe, um, and we have fought the government, the Turkish government, consistently around their request, and oftentimes won. Not in every case, but oftentimes have made some moves. So we would like to fight for every single person being able to speak freely and to see everything. Uh, But we have to realize that it's going to take some bridges to get there. And before we close, a a couple late entries. A great thread um, came up about political cartoons. They show Kavanaugh's lash to a post. His wife and children may want to leave for this part, and it's a donkey. Uh, the next one is uh, confirmation hearing circus tickets, which I thought was just spot the fuck on. The next one, the qualified nominee not confirmation uh, hearing, and they show a, a donkey running a laser towards his groin like he's on an operating table. The next one, our worst fears are confirmed. Yeah, Kavanaugh is totally reasonable. And they show people freaking out and killing things in the background, um, which is totally true. <clears throat> and the last one, there's a whole bunch. 2008, racist, homophobic, angry old white guy, MS Media at McCain. The next one, 2018, what a great, wonderful man who hated Trump and a donkey crying on his grave, which I think is pretty fucking Pretty good, really. Uh, Then there's this article that came out, and once again, this is all cold. Uh, Senate Coroner Booker 
just announced during the confirmation hearing for Judge Brett Kavanaugh that he's going to release an email marked Committee Confidential, which could break the rules of the Senate and could lead to his eventual expulsion. New Booker says a release Committee Confidential email on Kavanaugh and racial profiling, even though he could be expelled from the Senate. Cory Booker's daring the Senate. Shannon Bream, Cory Booker's daring, Kay Pavlik. Corey, John Corner slams Booker running for president is no excuse to break Senate rules. Uh, ben Jacobs, Booker announced that he's released an email for Kavanaugh, kept confidential on racial profiling, understanding the peddling comes with ousting from the Senate. And you can see the left media is like, oh, that's great. He's so awesome. And the other side, real journalists are like, and real politicians like, no, you can't do this. Dana Loesch, uh, in on the tech hearing, and once again, these are just now breaking, uh, yesterday, during the Temis testimony in front of Congress, besides looking like a super skinny Wolfman Jack, Jack explained to several elected officials who quite honestly seem absolutely clueless about social media that the censoring of the right on the platform was due to algorithms gone wild. <clears throat> Anyone who's been locked or suspended knows Jack was only telling a half-truth when it comes to censorship, especially with the gross and obvious biased ways we've seen over the years. More conservative-leaning accounts have been suspended for using the word pansy, while people like Ron Perlman and Kathy Griffith can say whatever the fuck they want. Dana Loesch, though, had perhaps the best evidence that proved Jack was full of BS. Her tweet, a question for Jack. I'd like to know why Twitter ignored a grand jury subpoena and refused to releasing info in my stalking case while simultaneously cooperating with Eichenwald. Same time. And we're both in Texas. It isn't algorithms. There are no standards and practices and the enforcement of TOS is entirely inconsistent. Twitter's refusal to cooperate in one case, not the other, wherein I had called the police to my house at midnight because we believed the perpetrator was nearby, seem entirely partisan. And that goes back to a lot of stuff. Apple won't release for for um, the back doors for the San Bernardino shootings, but has released everything for the Trump investigation. I mean, it just is. And then Media Research Center just blew it. Nike campaign is a double-digit brand bust. Before the announcement, Nike had a net plus 69 favorable impression among consumers. It has now declined to plus 35, according to the Morning Consult. 34 points. You think that the company that produced widely overpriced sneakers and third-world sweatshops wouldn't do anything to just, just to jeopardize its brand. Get woke, get broke. The actual stocks, and this is once again not a conservative, this is a site that works on brands. Nike favorability dropped across the board. Pre-announcement, 69. Post-announcement, 35 for adults. Nike customers, 91 to 76. Republicans, 75 to, I guess, nothing. Democrats, 74 to 65. Gen Z, 81 to 51. Millennials, 64 to 50, 50. Uh, Gen X, 75 to 39. Boomers, 68 to 20. And I thought most boomers were liberal, but I guess that was wrong. Blacks, 82 to 74. And whites, 67 to 27. 
So it's not just financially hurting them. It is also in their brand. I was talking to a lady yesterday. She does my hair. Um, that sounds like feminine to say that. But when you have a beard and you want it trimmed right, it, that's the hair I'm talking about. Not my head. I don't have much hair on my head. High and tight's pretty easy. My wife can do it. Um, that's not disparaging her, but she can do it with a pair of clippers. Um, <clears throat> but my beard's a certain way. I want it done. And I don't want it fucked. I've had people put divots in it and just chop one side. You know what I mean? It, it's a it's a personal thing. It's the only thing I have that's foo-foo, metrosexual. She did utter the phrase that the scientific evidence a cops will shoot a black person for the wife is just undisputed, and I just ignored the conversation because all I have to do is play that video to show it's all bullshit and to talk about Boston or Baltimore and how, you know, blacks, Freddie Gray was mostly minority people. Not a white black issue. They shoot white people way more to statistic. It's all bullshit, and it's actually proven since the whole hands up, don't shoot bull crap. It's not an issue anymore. Um, she did utter that, and I, I ignored it. But she did. But hidden in it was an interesting comment. Since I just went on a segue about what she said that was wrong, there, it was a mixed great race, uh, mixed gender conversation with a bunch of people getting their hair cut, and they did say that this could backfire even with the black community because here's the reality: this old. Kneeling shit isn't new. He hasn't played for two years. It looks pretty, you know, silly that at the last minute you want to come in and capitalize on this because you're losing brand to ASICs and Under Armour specifically, which is getting all sorts of deals, you know, for college teams and things like that. Under Armour has really challenged Nike for the college front. Especially this year when my Ducks are wearing plain We Wanna Be Alabama jerseys that just have green numbers and are black with a Nike swooch and the word duck on the front. No more wings. The helmets are flashy, but nothing else is flashy anymore. I I mean, the shoes are, I guess. The Nike shoes are. But those jerseys and pants used to be their calling card. That's what started them really on this college grade. Where Under Armour's putting out the crazy shit this year, not Nike. Um, It looks like you're just trying to take advantage of a situation politically to try to help you and your brand, and it could backfire just on that. It's just not the people that say, no, this is bullshit. The man wore pig socks. He's a fucking idiot. It's not true. He's a piece of shit. We like our flag. We love America. Fuck you and your protest. It's also the people that are for the protest that are now looking at it like, well, what the fuck, man? You're trying to make money off a black man. They said that, and I just sat there quietly and nodded because it's true. I think this is going to backfire in the long run. But personally, <clears throat> I'm not burning my shit. I didn't cover it, but I'm not going to go burn my shit. I have like eight Nike jerseys and three, uh, or eight Duck jerseys and three Packer jerseys. That's over a thousand dollars worth of shit because it's not like my wife bought them brand new, you know, not on sale. And well, except for my my, she did buy a Dat jersey. That was 130 bucks, and I want to say my Matthews is authentic. It's 150 dollars. That's really expensive. I was really surprised. She bought me for my birthdays, but you know I got too many jerk jerseys to go toss this shit. You know I told her I'll probably take the tags off because I'm still trying to get her to get me to you know buy me one of the black Oregon Duck jerseys, the new plain ones, and she's saying I'm not buying shit from Nike. Fuck them. 
um, I was saying, well, I'll cut the logo off. Can you still buy it? I probably will not be getting uh, my birthday's next month. I don't think I'll get a jersey because Nike kind of owns the NFL right now and they own the Ducks, as they should, because they, you know, Phil Knight pretty much bought them all their freaking shit. All their facilities is got Nike on it. So, um, But I'm not going to go burn shit. It's kind of stupid. I understand. I'm with the, the movement. I am not happy about it. I think all these businesses personally go fuck themselves. They, they want to disrespect the flag and our law enforcement officers. And I think it's a really bad business plan. But if I already bought the shit, it doesn't do a whole lot of good. My wife said it best. If you're that pissed off, put it in a box, send it to Beaverton, Oregon, corporate headquarters, and go, here's your shit, fuck off. That makes more sense than taking it out and burning it, because you might as well just go take your money and burn it. You already paid for the shit. I mean, what the fuck? What are you accomplishing? Just don't buy anything, you know? But I'll get her to back off. I'm just going to rip the labels off. Uh, All the jerseys, except for a few, are the tag. Um, I'll just take the tag off because I'm still going to wear my duck shit. I'm sorry. Um, I'm down with the cause, but there's a level of down to the cause that I I can't just throw the shit out. I'm sorry. I'm not going to buy shoes because I haven't bought shoes forever, and I'm not going to buy any Nike apparel. Um, And if I do get duck stuff, I'll just take the labels off. I'm wearing a pair of Nike shorts right now that are Oregon Ducks. There's not a Nike on it. It's the tag. Um and I most of the time remove the tag right off the back because it itches the t- your back. It's annoying tags they have. But um, anyway, uh, Nike's stupid. It's not going to help you. If you're a business, shut up. Just shut up. They have the right, but just shut up, man. I, when I was in business, I would sell to fucking Martians. I don't give a fuck. If they want our shit, I'm selling it. That's your job. It's capitalism. I mean, there are bridges to go across, and there's things to fight. But this is a stupid fight. The the NFL has already pretty much put rules in, which they said they weren't going to do, but I have not seen a national anthem yet in any preseason. And the Titans has aired live. I Just let it go. Go back to football's football. You want politics, go watch CNN. You can get it 24 hours a day. You can just mainline liberal fucking hate and discontent towards everybody in the country that doesn't think like them. So this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Please feel free to share this with your family and friends. Send comments about the track or suggestions for segments to F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. FOP podcast gmail.com you can get the show on soundcloud podcast attic tune in radio google play itunes blueberry and stitcher remember to check out the flyover politic webpage at f-o-p-p-o-d-c-a-s-t.com foppodcast.com it's a theme to see links to feeds with the show links to our facebook page and email us there you see a link to every episode on the episode release page and nothing on my blog because i suck as stated next show will be the 16th of September, year of our Lord, 2018. I'm going dark. Going to head out Saturday to Pensacola Beach. And I guess swims because I got like eight inches of rain for the last two days. Eight inch each day. It's been crazy. I will tweet pictures for those that follow me on Twitter. And I will probably do a short segment down there. 
um, of recorded beach sounds, because that'll be nicer to put on the show. <clears throat> Until then, I hope all you go back in the catalog. There's a lot of funny shit. My original attempt was to play a couple segments from old shows, some of the skits, things like that. But there's like a 200 some odd episodes, I think, out there. There's, there's a shitload of episodes. Uh, if you haven't gone to the beginning ones, pretty good stuff. A lot of subjects through the election. Any one of them in January had some great recraps of the election. I even did a live inauguration day podcast where I was talking and playing sound bites. So <clears throat> I hope you go back to those if you you know you're in the need of a podcast this week to listen to. Um, and I also once again beg beg you send me suggestions if there's things you want me to cover. Send them uh, to date. Everybody who has has gotten on the show and they get direct billing, but the first name and whatever state they're in. So. Please uh, shoot me some emails, listen to the old podcast, make sure you disconnect all your advices with me with the family, don't give the yeah yes. and as always, I thank you all for listening, and take care. Talk to you September 16th. Thanks for listening to this episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Remember to check out our website at foppodcast.com, and remember, it's a short ride, make every day count.